Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us in this special podcast. This is not our normal Great Dynamics podcast, but we're going to talk about something very different and it's going to be a separate show on itself. I'm your host, Ahmed Hassan, and today with me is Marcel Plista, who's going to guide us through most of this uh, podcast. Marcel is a is an intelligence analyst right now. He is doing his PhD at St. Andrews and is a former DIA analyst and a colleague of mine. And then there is Michael Elmer, who is a former Marine uh, infantryman and all-around great guy, gamer. And we're going to talk about games today and, and also a colleague of mine in Great Dynamics. And yeah, thank you guys for joining and hope you like what we are trying to do today. Marcel. Yeah. So, so at least the, at least the plan for this is, you know, a lot of, a lot of what people think about military affairs and and geopolitics comes from video games, right? So, so Mm -hmm. what we're trying to do here is sort of, you know, look at, look at some of the most popular games, look at, look at the plots and then, and then, um, you know, maybe, maybe have some fun and clown on them a bit, you know, maybe from a place of love, but still clowning on them. There's a lot of videos that, that do this kind of thing, like on YouTube, right? There's a, you know, they'll, they'll be like SAS guy, you know, reacts to Call of Duty. Yeah, um, yeah, but they yeah. don't they don't really do the like they don't really do like the politics aspect of it. Right. Like you'll be, you know, running through like a, a, a nuclear submarine that you hijacked or whatever. And, and the SAS guy will be like, oh, his grip's wrong on his gun. Like that'll be all he has to say about. <laughs> well, let's give them a little bit more credit. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. But but I mean, but I mean, they're they're rightfully, you know, they're they're looking at the gear. They're looking at the kit. They're looking at sort of the, the very the very granular aspects of it. But but what's been missing is the um, is sort of looking at you know why people are doing that. I think that's where we um, that's where we can come in. And you know I thought you know we should probably start with the granddaddy of modern shooters, right? That's Call of Duty Four: Modern Warfare. It was pretty revolutionary when it came out in two thousand seven. A lot of shooters before that were you know you know Halo or GoldenEye, like you know sort of Space Marine, you know super spy kind of games. And this was this was something that portrayed itself at least as more of just a, a boots on the ground regular guy. And it's also now still one of the top selling franchises in video games. So yeah, it's it's um, you know it's still majorly goofy despite the fact that they say it's it's realistic and it's kind of earnest in that Tom Clancy kind of way where they're you know they're trying to talk about how awful war is, but also like check it out mm-hmm. you know this explosion's really badass. <laughs> but <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so before we get started, I just I, you know I was I was excited that we could have Michael on here, right? Because you were you were in the Marines for like eight years or so, right? Yeah, I guess yeah, se- seven seven years within the infantry like mm-hmm. infantry unit. Yeah, I was. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was I went to I went to Iraq in two thousand and eight. So mm-hmm. not long after this actually came out, yeah. I think I actually played. <laughs> I played part of this, but I never like finished the campaign. I think it was mostly the multiplayer mm. part. So I don't really remember. Oh, yeah. I don't remember like the characters or the plot or anything. Uh, but yeah, I was in, I was in Iraq and then I went to Afghanistan uh, a couple times and then just uh, my unit stopped going overseas. So we, we kind of uh, started going back to the Pacific theater, uh, like Japan mm. and a couple other countries over there that are allies. So Yeah. I wasn't I wasn't like in any kind of like hardcore like Fallujah style <laughs> combat like this so I can't really <laughs> Yeah, I was I wasn't no, a, no. <laughs> Yeah, I wasn't I was definitely not like in in some of the more like heated points of the of the whole thing. I was there for a lot of the counterinsurgency stuff. Um so I can't really I can't speak to calling C130s for real. Maybe like 
maybe from like <laughs> a you know from a a more like commentary kind of perspective uh, but i i didn't actually have that off the cuff i didn't have that experience so yeah, <laughs> yeah. i mean based based on what's about to happen to the marines in this game it's probably a good thing that you didn't yeah. uh that you didn't go through this but <laughs> yeah but 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 yeah um much much like the marines we did wake you up at the crack of dawn to record this so oh, it's perfect I, uh, yeah. so i do oh, perfect. i do appre- i do appreciate that uh of that, course. That service element there Hell but yeah. um but yeah so i'll so i'll uh so i'll get started on the plot here this game takes place in the nightmare future of 2011 um, it really, <laughs> it really just, it, they really just drop you in it plot wise. Like, like th- there's, this game is vague in general, but they really do start, you know, vaguely. There's this opening briefing by the SAS characters who are the main, these are the main people you follow and play as. And they kind of set up what's happening in the world. Um, the main issue is that there's a civil war in Russia, apparently. There's like a, a government loyalist side, and then there's an ultranationalist side, but they don't really get into where each of these sides are. They don't really get into what their relative strengths are. And and as we'll see, that kind of becomes a problem for like the logic of this. But yeah, no, apparently Russia's where do totally they, collapsed. Where do, mm-hmm. uh, I didn't get that. I thought I thought we were talking about Iraq. But so mm-hmm. yeah. So it, we, yeah. we get dropped in Russia, that's what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a civil Russian civil yeah. war. Separately, right? There's they, they kind of point to this guy in the Middle East, his name is called Khalid Al Assad. Not Al Assad like the the Syrian Al Assads, like they just Chose a random name mm. and happened to be the Al Assad, the Al Assad name, um, and and basically and basically they're like, oh yeah, he's he's a problem, and I'm like, oh, are you you're foreshadowing here? All right, <laughs> but yeah, they're like they're like he might be top dog in the Middle East. I'm like, wow, the whole whole Middle East, huh? This, so there's two different plots going on at the same time in the beginning, is what you're saying? Yeah, there's... yeah. There's two there's two different okay. threads, and and they very quickly come together, but. At first, you're like, okay. what? What? What do these? What does this have to do with anything? <laughs> what does this have to do with Al Assad? So you start as a guy, as a guy named Soap. That's his nickname, and and apparently he's just joined. You know, he's just joined the the 22 SAS regiment. That's the main, you know, that's the main SAS. The 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 other regiments are, as I understand it, they make up part of the SAS reserve. So these are the you know these are the soft guys for the for the British. Um, and you start at Sterling Lines Base in the UK, which is their actual. SAS headquarters and and boy did they make it look like a shitty place to to have a headquarters. This this whole area, <laughs> it's the tutorial and this whole area it's like two dilapidated hangars and like a parking lot. Um, <laughs> and and like <laughs> and like I looked at I looked up the actual base on, on Google Maps which which might have put me on a list or something. But I mean the base is green, right? There's like trees and stuff. But this is this mm-hmm. is that that era of video games where everything had to be gray and badass and you know. It's, if something looks like nature, you know, that's a little weird. Mm. But yeah, so so you meet you meet your two the two your two fellow SAS guys, right? You meet you meet Gaz, who's just one of the SAS guys, and you meet your commander, who's Captain Price, who's one of the most, you know, well known video game characters when they rebooted this franchise iconic. three years ago. Yeah, iconic. Yeah. He's he's got you know, he's got the mustache, he speaks with like a you know, um he speaks with a, a received pronunciation, you know that that like British royalty kind of way of talking, and 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 he smokes cigars and things like that. He's he's a character, and so and so this is all like the tutorial section. They're teaching you how to play the game, mm-hmm. um, and as part of the tutorial, you run through a training course. That's you know it's one of those things where it's it's they've got drywall and plasterboard. You know they've made an, an environment that you're supposed to run through, and it's a mock up of what you really do in the next mission. So it's the cargo ship, and you and you you know basically it's a way that the game tells what your difficulty should be. So you run through, you know, you shoot these these paper targets that pop up and things like that. I did terrible in it. 
by the way. I, I ran it. It's like <laughs> I ran it in like. And that's why you're an analyst, myself. That's, that's why I'm an analyst. That's yeah. You probably should never try out for the SAS then. <laughs> yeah, that's why. Yeah, that's why they didn't. They, yeah, that's why they didn't deploy me. But I, I ran it. I ran it in the game in like 30 seconds, which means they're like, "Oh, you should do the second easiest difficulty." And I was like, "All right, <laughs> guy. All right, I've been playing this franchise for for you know 15 years, but okay." Um, so that's that's the tutorial. You know, basically. You know, basically, they're like the world's in peril, and you're training for this mission, but don't think too much about it. So it dumps you. It dumps you into this first mission, right? You and your SAS buddies are, are raiding a cargo ship in the Bering Strait, um, mm-hmm. and you're looking for a package from the ultranationalist side of the Russian Civil War. Um, they they tell you beforehand there's like a small crew and a security detail, but you don't really see a crew unless the crew decided to like carry guns and dress in camo. Like for the last, it's like, it's like, <laughs> there's no, there's no crew at all here, you know, which yeah. is good because you shoot a ton of unarmed people. Like that's, that's the first thing. <laughs> that's the first thing you do okay. in this game. You, you're in a, you're in a helicopter. Captain Price is, is smoking a cigar and you come up on this big, this big tanker ship, you know, like one of the ones that have all the big, you know, cargo containers that go on trucks and things like that. And it's, and it's stormy and stuff, but nobody notices this massive helicopter just, you know, just flying up and, and dropping, you know, 20 SAS guys. And yeah, and you just you you ice the crew and and on the first section, and you you move through the ship, and as you move through the ship, the, they become aware that you're there, and so you have a you have a gunfight, right? Um, and you're looking for the a very specific cargo package, so you have to basically search the whole ship. No one really mentions this, but this this is supposed to be like it's supposed to be like a secret package, right? It's like a regular Estonian cargo ship. Like you're not supposed to think that maybe this is used for storing weapons or for or for moving anything around but there's a ton of weapons on this ship and it's like fairly obvious like there's like lashed down jeeps there's a there's a cub which is a which is a soviet like medium range anti-aircraft system it's like pretty big and like the missiles are on it mm-hmm. which which doesn't seem safe because it's like below decks too like they obviously they obviously made this for one of the later missions and they're like oh let's put it in the ship you know but usually usually we you know people try not to store explosives out in the open uh in cargo ships <laughs> um that's that's been my experience but but i don't know you know what um, i what i find interesting sorry myself to interrupt mm-hmm. you know if we look at it if we take a step back from this plot line today this would probably be impossible because the whole ocean community would be over the ship right and so so to hide something like this would be crazy today so it's mm-hmm. interesting how that has evolved and how special operations have to evolve with it, right? Because there yeah. is a good chance that the raid would be seen on on a satellite, or yeah, or, you know, or the crew would be recording it on their on their phones. And yeah, on, on their phones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> TikTok. But, yeah. yeah. Well, it's also the, the the ship is Estonian flagged, so presumably, if if the ship was in distress, you know, you'd have other actors, you know, in there. Mm-hmm. They, were, they were sort of concerned, or if there was something wrong with its with its AIS. But it's it's stormy conditions, so you know maybe you know maybe there's there's some kind of thing. I don't really know. Also, this is a day later from the tutorial mission, which is in Britain, and you're in the Bering Strait. So I don't I don't know how you. Th- this is a wow. big issue in this game. Is that people? Yeah, exactly. People teleport um, very wide distances, especially special operations people, was even for ra- even for aircraft. Right? Was the raid itself taking place in the Bering Strait? Yeah, the ship's in the Bering oh, Strait, wow. and you, yeah, you roll up on it in a helicopter. The pilots are American for some reason, but, but yeah, 
Night so Stalkers. You, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Night Stalkers. You shoot your way to the the very back, and you and you find a specific container. One of your guys has a dagger counter with them, and it's like it's going off, like big time. So so there's you know there's something there's something nuclear in there, and and so they open up this like eighteen wheeler container, and there's like this this metal storage thing, you know, and it's got biohazard signs all over it, and it's got like it's got like a flag with like Arabic writing on it and like crossed scimitars, like it's like the most it's like the most stereotypical like golf like golf middle east country flag you could you could come up with and it's actually the flag they use for for op four like in the multiplayer so so you're like so you're like oh okay like this this seems normal you grab the manifest on the top they just left a manifest on like a clipboard on top of i guess it just said like one nuke you know (laughs) was it the only page on it too Uh, (laughs) it's good it's good they did their paper (laughs) it is literally yeah there's there's one piece of paper on it it's like one one nuke. You're just missing a couple of passports. <laughs> one nuke from ultranationalists for you know Middle Eastern country. Don't take this, please. If you raid us, yeah, it's it's all it's got return shipping. You know, like Amazon. You know, it's 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 pretty cool. <laughs> then so you grab you grab this manifest manifest, and then on cue, you know the the evac helicopter is like, hey, there's some uh, there's some aircraft headed towards you. Captain Price is like, oh, it's probably MIGs, as if he would know. Um, it's kind of a, it's kind of a strange assumption. And also that's a wild, by the way, this is a wild reaction time for an aircraft. It's like you, you've been on this ship for like 15 minutes, 20 minutes. And there's already like, <laughs> there's already like Russian, Russian, you know, aircraft, like, like hauling ass towards you. Yeah. And so yeah, also in the middle of a storm too, not, not all planes can fly in all weather, mm-hmm. but yeah, so they, so, so the guy on the, the guy on the plane, the, your, your buddies on the, on the helicopter are like, oh, well, look, they fired a missile, and then you know the, the bottom below decks of the ship just explode, right? And you're and you're down there with the cargo, so you're like, oh shit, it's a little dramatic, you know? They're they're you know you have to you have to sprint out of the ship, and things are exploding left and right. They they remastered this game like a year ago. I didn't play that version, but in that one, there's way more explosions, um, and there should be because they have you know like they have all those missiles laying around, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. And then you and then you sort of you you know everyone runs to the helicopter and the helicopter is on the very edge of the ship and they're all jumping on and, and you're the last one and you know you jump and you almost make it but you don't and then Captain Price catches you you know it's very you know it's very action movie kind of stuff and then you and you fly away and in the distance you can see the ship sinking and then it's like Call of Duty you know that's it's that's that's it's like you know beginning with a bang kind of thing so yeah, yeah, yeah. so that so I guess the ultranationalists just they just blew up a ship in the middle of you know, in the middle of international waters without getting caught because they knew there was a nuke on it, I guess, was what happened there. But yeah, so that's where we're at. There's a lot of questions. Most of them will be answered. Some of them won't be. We'll get to that. <laughs> the next mission The next mission is, is the beginning of that other thread we were talking about with the Middle East, right? This mission isn't really, it's not really a gameplay thing. It's more of a, it's more like a, a movie sequence, but you get to look around called the coup. And they, and they really, they zoom in here on a very specific part of the Middle East, which is like, the Arabian Peninsula, but like right above Yemen. So like, you know, kind of like the Red Sea. Saudi Arabia. Yeah, like, but like Jeddah, like southern Saudi Arabia. Mm. Um, mm. So so not anywhere like, not anywhere that you would say is, is really important, but maybe, you know, they're inventing a, a microstate there, right? And and you take the perspective of of the president of that country that's just been deposed in a coup, right? So they're they're tossing you, they toss you in a car, you know, you're getting manhandled by these... Uh, by these military guys and like berets and scimitar, you know, like, like all the, the ceremonial stuff. Um, you sort of see the coup 
play out. And this is a coup being done by Khalid al-Assad, the guy that you were, uh, that they were warning you about 15 minutes earlier. And you get driven through the city and he's on the radio saying coup stuff, you know, like, you know, our, our leaders have betrayed, you know, have betrayed us, you know, just coup like stuff? the modern. Yeah. Like coup stuff, you know, <laughs> is that, is that the technical term for it? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, you know, it's, it's like that rhetoric of like, you know, the Republic essentially, essentially, I guess there used, this used to be a kingdom and there was a Republic that, that, that then either overthrew the kingdom or replaced it. And now there's a military, now mm-hmm. the military is taking over and, and the rhetoric that this guy's mm-hmm. using is, you know, see how these, they were supposed to bring us, you know, prosperity and, and change things from the monarchy, but they really haven't, you know, that's, you know, that's what you'd say, right. You know, if you were, if you were going to overthrow a country, mm. um, you know, um, this isn't really based on, I mean, I'm not, I'm not an expert in coups, but it's not really what a lot of coups look like. Like you're driving through the city as the president, like to, to some unknown destination. And there's like indiscriminate executions, like every eight feet. There's like a massive military presence, like dogs are chasing people in the street. It's like, <laughs> I shouldn't laugh about this. <laughs> it, well, it, you know, they're not, this isn't this, you know, it's, it's, it's sort of like a Hollywood, you know, version of what a coup, like most, a, a good deal of coups are, if not bloodless, like the clashes between the military mm-hmm. and like the bodyguards. Right. Uh-huh. You, and if it's a popular coup, which is at least what they're trying to portray it as, you wouldn't really have a lot of violence against the civilian population because they're they're your backers, right? Or or at least you want them to sort of stay stay indoors and and sort of avoid things. Um, but this is sort of this is a little a little a little uh, a little silly, a little over the top. And and by the way, the same- unless sorry, Marcel, unless it's an ethnic situation mm. or like an ethnic coup, right? The way yeah. one ethnicity is is holding power, mm. um, and the other one. Like for example, Rwanda, right? That type of situation. Yeah, it could. It then could, it could be like that, but that's so rare. Yeah, it it could be. I mean, it's it's also. I mean, I don't want to. The, the thing is, a lot of times there are gaps in this game, and and you know, I, I find myself like filling them in mentally, but they don't really they don't really make it clear. I mean, this is this is probably a state that would be a hundred percent, you know, Arab. There, there could mm-hmm. be, this could be like a Sunni, you know, maybe they could be like a Sunni Shia kind of, kind of deal, or there's some, some other kind of cleavage um, related mm-hmm. to that. I mean, they would be, I guess they would be sort of close to like the Zaidi sect, the, the Zaidi sect in, um, in, in Northern Yemen, sort of, but they don't really make it clear. It just, it just seems like, you know, these are the bad guys and that this is what bad guys do. You know, they do, they do mm-hmm. coup stuff, they do bad guy stuff. And and by the way, like yeah, yeah. and by the way, like all over the place, draped all over the place is the flag from the nuke, which is which is you know for when they opened the container and and there was the nuke in there that, yeah, that same yeah, yeah. it's all over the place, right? So this wasn't this wasn't the most subtle covert transfer of nuclear material you could have seen. It's 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 you know it's pretty brazen. You know, so if, if I may, mm-hmm. just to backtrack a little bit, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. in the beginning, the SAS is raiding a ship in the Bering Strait that belongs mm. to one of these Russian groups that are in the civil war. Yeah. The ultranationalists. And yeah. then they find on this, doing the raid, they find like, I'm, yeah. I'm assuming they're doing like some sort of like site exploitation or whatever, like trying to find some sort of yeah. material. Yeah. They're, they're looking at it. Okay. Yeah. And then they come across yeah. a nuke and this nuke has mm-hmm. the insignia of this middle Eastern group on it. Yeah. They have, okay. they have the flag. They have a flag of a sovereign nation draped over it. Okay. 
Okay. With like a clipboard saying like to also this this also happens before the coup happens. So 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 like the, the I guess the bad guy who ordered the nuke was like, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to set it up so it happens so it arrives just as I've overthrown. Okay. You know, it's 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 pretty good timing. That's like that, you know, it's you know, this is before, you know, Amazon Prime and stuff. <laughs> yeah. so they didn't have next day delivery. Or, yeah, next day or any of that. delivery. Well, if you had one, right? Let's say you had a working nuke, mm-hmm. right? You could get your hands on one. Mm. To have one after you depose the government, which presumably is more friendly to the West mm. than than you are, it's the ultimate, you know, you're not gonna take me back out of power, right? Because you have a nuke. Yeah, yeah. We'll get to that. <laughs> oh, <right. laughs> we'll get I mean, uh, I, <laughs> I don't in, remember in real, it anymore. So. so so yeah, in, in real life, in real life I agree with you. In fact, the most I think from from like the political science stuff, the most dangerous window is about to get a nuke. So like if mm-hmm. you look at North Korea or you look at Iran, you know, Iran doesn't doesn't have a nuke. But once once you have a nuke, you know, it's not really worth attacking or invading a country because they can, you know, they can even the threat of inflicting that sort of thing. But it's it's that six month window, you know, where they're, where they're like, oh, we're developing a nuke. We're nearly there. That's when it's really dangerous because countries, you know, that. You know, a, a great example is, you know, Israel in, in the 80s, you know, um, attacking, I think, Iraq's nuclear facilities and things like that. That's that's the window where countries are really predisposed towards action. But but in this game, not so much, I guess. So, yeah, so you so you drive through the coup as the president. Um, they they drag you out of the car and then you you get tied to a to a post. And the Khalid al-Assad, the bad guy, he just he shoots you on live TV. He just executes you, which is which is another thing. I mean, you kind of saw that with like Ceausescu, but he was like a, a really like hated figure in Romania. Mm-hmm. But you don't really see like usually it'll be like, oh, the president was shot trying to to flee. You know what I mean? They don't really, you know, they don't really revel in sort of the the execution stuff. So so you know, this isn't just a bad guy. This is the bad guy. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, so that's you know, so the, so you so you put a pin in that for for a second, right? Um, you're back. You're back to the SAS. Um, there's there's going to be a lot of jumping back and forth in the first half of this because because they have to set the scene they have to set two different scenes and then explain how they converge. But you're uh, you're back with the SAS. They've they've teleported. This is a couple hours later. They've teleported from the Bering Strait to the Caucasus in um, in Russia, sort of that Azerbaijan Armenia like that 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 section of Russia. So you know mm-hmm. ten thousand you know tens of thousands of miles away. You you're there because your informant that told you where the nuke was. That that's in the ultranationalist group. They had a they had a source in there. He's been captured, so they're like, "Oh, we got to get him out. We've got to extract them. You know, we're the SAS. This is what we do." Um, so you're so you're off to rescue him. You you're you're sneaking up on the base and you're and you're killing all the all the guards. You know, secretly with your you know uh, suppressed MP5s, like you know, very iconic SAS gear. And there's a TV playing with like it's not BBC, but it sounds like BBC. You know, and it's playing in English for some reason, even though these guys are all Russians. And and this 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 TV scene is actually pretty useful because because essentially essentially it's playing like what sounds like the lead up to the war in Iraq. Essentially, it's like the Secretary of Defense is saying we're we're, we're giving the Marines the okay to invade this country. You know, we have to stop aggression, uh, which is kind of strange, right? Because I- Iraq wasn't like a small like a UAE or a Qatar like a tiny country. Like Iraq had a you know massive had a massive army and they had previously you know invaded other countries. But you know who who am I to judge? But yeah, so they, they say it's like a small and oil-rich country and that, you know, Assad did the coup. Uh, so I guess it's kind of like a Kuwait, but if Kuwait really wanted to invade everyone else, I guess. Mm-hmm. 
yeah. So essentially, they're taking the game takes the rhetoric of Iraq and they like misapply it. They apply it to like a different a different kind of scenario. But you're not really supposed to sit and listen to this whole thing. I did, but you're not supposed uh, to. <laughs> the, 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 so the Secretary of Defense specifically mentioned oil, like in the in his speech. Uh, so the news the news report is like the small and oil rich okay. country. You know, it's like, like it's like that okay. that scene setting stuff. Oh, okay. Now the Secretary of Defense he does specify the Marines though. He's like it's only the Marines. Nobody okay. but the Marines. I'm always like searching. I think for like the w- with these games, like the messaging. You know, like the mm. what kind of like mm. dialogue they include intentionally to kind of mm. you know. So I think that that's why I asked that because it would have been curious if the you know the whole topic of oil and invading Iraq for mm. oil yeah. and that whole thing. Like, yeah, uh, it's well, it's weird because this game is really cynical. I guess, I guess not really cynical, but like cynical about the nature of covert ops. But it's really like non-judgmental about why like mm-hmm. in the early 2000s the u.s was invading other countries they're like yeah i mean of course you'd invade because we're you know we're we're awesome and this guy's clearly a bad guy he just shot you yeah yeah you know <laughs> you yeah, know so you know it's it's yeah they don't yeah they don't really introduce shades of gray for like oil stuff mm-hmm. which is probably good if they had tried that you know in 2007 you know they're they're you know they're getting rid of like the dixie chicks and stuff so you know maybe call of duty would have you know suffered the same fate Jeez. But anyways, you're sneaking, you're sneaking up on the, on the, ba- on the, on the sort of village where they're holding, you know, they're holding your informant and you link up with Sergeant Kamarov, who's, who's from the Russian loyalist side of, of this conflict. They're, they're there to take out the ultranationalist base separately where your informant's being held because there's a bunch of BM-21 rocket artillery systems in there. And according to them, essentially the ultranationalists have just been setting up these, these rocket launchers in their base and just indiscriminately rocketing every village around them which is which is i gotta say a terrible way to wage civil war like usually like usually you want like you know a good deal of civilians on your side and just you know firing rockets is pretty like the bad guys are bad is the is is what they're saying here um so yeah so sergeant camera wants to destroy the bm-21s you guys you know you, you don't care you're just there for your informant so y'all y'all sneak towards the village and they are firing, the bad guys are firing rockets uh, at nighttime in the middle of the village. They've set up the rocket artillery just like in the middle of like the town square. And they're just firing rockets in every different direction. It's like, it's like, it's like going, it's like going all over. It's, it's not at all. There's no concentration. They just, they just really want to hit like everything, everything around them. It's like three different distinct directions. And there's like several hundred dudes in this village. It's like crawling. There's like, there's guys, there's, there's um BMPs, the Russian, um, infantry fighting vehicle which has you know pretty big guns on it. it's pretty armored so the russian loyalists you're kind of off to the side because you just want to find your guy the russian uh, loyalists start the attack and you sneak around the sides because you know you don't really care but this you know the sergeant Kamarov's with you and he's like hey snipe these guys to help the assault you know that's my that's my russian accent <laughs> nice um <laughs> and so so you do that for a bit and after a while you know captain price is like screw this i didn't come here i didn't come here to save civilians uh, and so he just grabs this like Sergeant Kamarov, our our you know our erstwhile ally, and just dangles him over a ledge. And he's like, "Where is the informant?" And 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 Kamarov's like, "He's at the house at the end of the village," <laughs> you know. And then and then. <laughs> but how would Kamarov know where the informant is? That's this is this is a great question. Every time in this game that like the Russian and Kamarov shows up a bunch more, despite the fact that you just like almost killed him. Every mm-hmm. time he shows up, he seems to know more than everyone else, and just just isn't telling. It's just like, haha, like I knew, I knew this all along. And so, yeah, so there's no real reason why he would know this. 
any better than they would. In fact, he would probably have less intel than the SAS because they probably have fewer intelligence resources. Um, yeah. But yeah, so so yeah, so the Kamarov kind of has it coming. You know, he's trying to save all these civilians, and we're trying to find. You know, we're trying to find our informant, and that's more important. And and while this while this attack's happening, by the way, it's it's pretty you know it's pretty large for for video games of the time. You know, there's like dozens of guys, mm. and you know, they're fighting over this village. The ultra nationalists are still firing their rocket launchers like during this whole thing. So they're still like mm. they're so dedicated to killing civilians that they're like, we got to keep firing this, even as they're like running up on us. Uh, don't turn the artillery towards the enemy. Turn the artillery towards more civilians. That's that's sort of you know. The bad guys are bad. Yeah. So you go to so so you go to where your informant is. It's a house on the complete other side of the village, but it's still like a hundred meters away. Like it's it's a you know it's a tiny a tiny village in the mountains, right? And so you do this like you do this like sneaky entry as if everyone in the building doesn't know there's an attack happening because uh, you know mm. gun, guns are loud. You know I would say. Uh, <laughs> so are so you know so are helicopter attacks and combined arms assaults. These things are loud, and so these guys that are two hundred meters away don't hear any of that. You cut the power to the building, you know, you put on the night vision goggles, you know, you go in, you go in all stealthy and you, you sort of, there's a guy sleeping on a chair for some reason. Uh, so you shoot him a... and stuff. There's always, a, there's always a guy sleeping. Oh. There's always a guy. He's like sleeping on a chair in front of the TV, you know, um, through the war. Ca- through casually the entire war doing a combined arms assault. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, you're Russian, you know, these things happen all the time. For sure, um, and so yeah, yeah. So you, you you do this entry, you 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 get to the you know the back building. You have a bunch of little tiny encounters. Someone's hiding behind a door, so you have to shoot through the door. You know, video game stuff. And then you find you find your informant, and he's just he's just like in the corner, like sitting there, like kind of beat up. It's not really clear to me why the Russians didn't just the ultranationalists didn't just execute him instantly. Maybe they wanted to find out what he knew. But he's like in pretty good shape. Like he's still got his fingernails, you know, he's still got his teeth. You know, these are these are these are good signs. You grab him and then and then in the middle of this sort of big assault thing that's happening, right? Um, a US Blackbird just like lands, like Blackbird helicopter just lands right behind the house in the middle of the war zone. He's like, get on. And so they all so they all just pile in this in this American, you know, this American helicopter that's in the middle of Russia. How did it get there? We don't know. It's it's tell it's part of the teleportation technology that the U.S. has. Um, maybe from Georgia. Yeah, maybe maybe from Georgia. Maybe from Georgia. It would be. I don't know. They 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 really don't clarify. And also, like in the middle of a war zone, like flying in as a third party, like deconflicting that airspace. Everyone's probably got some kind of AA or some some sort of weapon that can hit a helicopter. Like this is this is pretty. This is this is this is caliente. Yeah, this is pretty hot. And then what I find interesting, Marcel. Hmm? Right, and I, I was thinking this from the get-go. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that it is, obviously, the SAS is super capable, mm-hmm. but if the air assets are American, why are there no other JSOC components like Delta mm-hmm. or that's, DevGrew? Or- that's, a, that's a great question, and the the length of time it takes for American for American JSOC or American operators to be involved at all is is way later than it should be in this, in this game. Because this, this should be, I mean... And this this was true of the ship mission. Your your the helicopter pilots there and 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 base plate your your command were were also Americans. But yeah, so you all pile in the you all pile in the helicopter. All 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 zero of the Americans in there. Um and and Nikolai the informants like have the Americans invaded the the Middle Eastern country yet? You know they're setting up they're setting up for the next mission. And and Captain Price is yeah. like no they haven't yet. And he's like well that probably won't go very well. 
my accent's dropping there, but the, <laughs> he's like, he's like, that's, he's, nah. he's like, that's going to sound one to one. Yeah. He's like, he's like, that's that, that invasion's going to suck. That invasion's totally going to fail. Um, so the next mission you play is the Marines. Um, and this is, and this is where it gets really goofy because they're trying to, they're trying to show you like what a war looks like, but they don't, they don't, they, they, they don't really understand a lot of the details. It feels like so, so sometimes it doesn't really hang together. The mission, the, this mission's title is Charlie Don't Surf. So they're doing like an apocalypse now, like, oh, you know, all the helicopters coming in kind of deal. Yeah. So you're, you're, you're playing as, you're playing as Sergeant Paul Jackson. You're in, I think they call it Force Recon, but I assume that's just Marine Reconnaissance. Um, there's two, there's two different, there's kind of two different mm-hmm. forms of reconnaissance. So there's battalion reconnaissance and their overall mission within the reconnaissance community is to support one specific level of command the force reconnaissance Mm -hmm. element um they support like the division commander if i'm not mistaken or so they they Mm -hmm. they are able to do like way more i guess quote-unquote operator kind of things as far as operating Mm -hmm. further behind enemy lines like with less support than say a battalion reconnaissance platoon would have so like they they were before MARSOC, they were kind of like the prototype of the Marine Corps, like special operations. They kind of turn into that. And so, yeah, the fo- force reconnaissance is kind of like it's one of those things like, you know, like you hear you see like the memes where it's like or I guess the the archetype of like the guy in a bar who's like, yeah, I was a Marine Corps like sniper. I was a it was it's one of those kind of things. <laughs> the Punisher. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. One of those kind of things where it's like a yeah, Fun castle. Yeah. I was force reconnaissance like. Yeah, it's one of those kind of things. And for the people listening, sorry, sorry, myself, before you go on, but for the people listening, <laughs> just like a, a little bit of cross promotion for ourselves, Michael wrote two huge articles that you can find on Great Dynamics. And I will add in the show notes on Force Reconnaissance and, and MARSOC and the Marine Raider history and where they are today. So just wanted to like put that in there. Thank you. Yeah, Indeed. I actually, actually, after after I saw that, it was like they. I thought, I thought when I first played the game, like when I was like twelve, I didn't know any, about any of this stuff. But replaying it, I was like, I was like, oh, they're saying you're marine because I just thought this is what all marines do. You know, you just you just run in and just you know you just shoot everyone <laughs> and then you win, right? <laughs> but but the, the, you know, it's 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 like some kind of some kind of reconnaissance. It's the kind of reconnaissance element that um doesn't actually do recon. You 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 all in in this in this mission, you start you know on a Blackhawk and you're all. You're all lined up. You've got the Cobras with you. You know, you've mm-hmm. got the the other Blackhawks, and you're all just you're all just charging straight for this this coastal town, mm-hmm. which which is I guess is supposed to be like a like a Jeddah or a, or like a Jazan or something. You know, like southern, you know, southern Saudi Arabia, like northern Yemen, like that sort of thing. The reason the reason you're there is because you know they heard that Al Assad is is holed up in there, and they want to go grab him. Um, essentially, they're like, oh, we can put it into this war because obviously, like the enemy. You know the enemy commander is obviously just sitting in a house three feet from the shore, where all of all of America's littoral assets can touch him. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so you you know you approach you approach from the sea onto the land, and you're you're playing heavy metal. You know it's like you know it's like, like real. Uh, it's like Black Hawk Down. Like uh, yeah, it's like Black Hawk Down. Is it's it like, like on the plane in the cutscene? They're playing they're playing music. Um, or no, it like it's, it's like the soundtrack. Oh, okay. they're, they're not playing it themselves. Also, not yet. Not yet. Detail. Okay. <laughs> I wish, um, but I think they would have had to like license that music, so they might have been uh, like, you know, yeah. they might have not wanted to do that. But you're, but you're like, you're not really doing like reconnaissance because the way you're doing reconnaissance is you're you're showing up in front of the enemy 
And then you're like, oh, they're right there because they're shooting at me. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 like a it's a hot drop. Like you like you got you fly you fly in your in your Blackhawk. You fly you fly over and you just fast rope down. Like essentially in like the harbor, like on the beach, basically. I don't know why you couldn't do like at least for like Iraq and stuff like that, right? Good big big sections of that invasion happened. Didn't they didn't happen from the sea, right? There were there were bases in Kuwait and there were soldiers in Kuwait, and they they kind of sort of came over on land, right? But yeah, so you fly in fast rope down. You're not getting a ton of air support, which is pretty funny. You'd think they'd want to like flatten, you know, basically everything because there's there's a lot of resistance. There's there's like a lot. Of, there's a lot of resistance. Um, they're firing on you the whole time you approach. Uh, so it's so it's no bueno. These these helicopters are not that armored. So, but but you know it all goes well for you. Uh, you know you fast rope down and you fight your way to the, the building where he's supposed to be, and it's just some like crappy two story building. And uh, surprise, he's not in some random building. Uh, Al Assad, your your commander here is his name's uh, Lieutenant Vasquez. But I don't know if you agree, Michael, but he has like big captain energy. Like he's like he's like um, he sounds like he's like forty something. Like he doesn't sound like a lieutenant or anything. He's like, he's like, stay frosty, Marines. Ah. He's like, he's like a really like, he's like a really gung ho, like deep voice, gravelly voice. Like he's been yelling his whole life. He, it, it might, he might even be more of like a, like an NCO, like a sergeant, you know, type of, type of personality. But it seems like, I guess they didn't want two captains. It seems like a lot of time. I don't know how it, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know how Call of Duty is now, but it, it seems like it's one of those things where they, they like try too hard to push into like the archetypes of the, branch and they missed kind of like the details of like i would assume that a force reconnaissance like commander at that level wouldn't be a lieutenant you know kind of how like yeah no yeah <laughs> so it's like <laughs> Which, what what makes it even crazier michael is that these studios they have experts yeah yeah right yeah they have experts and often those are like the guys with the best reputations yeah. and what well, the guys that really know how to sell themselves but from what I know from people who do this stuff, it's really knowledgeable people that they get it. So I wonder, if, is it that they don't just don't listen or they don't get the right people? I don't know, but it is it is strange that they get those details uh, wrong. At, at least for a lot of what I've seen, it, it tends to be that they get those people in for like, like how do they stack up on a door? Mm-hmm. What does their kit look like? Mm-hmm. You know that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And then, and then it's the writers of the game who aren't necessarily who don't necessarily have a military background that are doing like the plot things or like the premise kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. um, so they don't they don't bring in those guys to consult on like would you do <laughs> would you do an air air assault on a well defended <laughs> entrenched city? Yeah. They they didn't they were like oh we know that you know we've seen we've seen Black Hawk Down it always goes great. <laughs> But yeah, so, so yeah, so you have you have Lieutenant Lieutenant Captain Vasquez. I guess they didn't want Captain Vasquez and Captain Price. Mm. I, that's the only thing I can think of, and and it wouldn't really make much sense to have like Lieutenant Colonel Vasquez right. running around like clearing buildings with you. But yeah, so abroad, so just as you clear this building, right where the where Al Assad isn't, there's like a broadcast that's going out on all the TVs and radios from him. So you guys are like, oh, broadcast that obviously happens at TV stations. Uh, so you. <laughs> So you wheel around and immediately like fight your way through to the TV station. And there's like, there's like tanks on the ground now. Like, I'm not, I'm not sure what stage of the invasion they're at, but they, they would have had to have landed those tanks, but they're just like cruising through American tanks um, at the opposite angle to you. Abrams tanks. Yeah. Oh, wow. 
Yeah, like like U.S. Abr- like yeah, like Marine Marine Abrams. Or is tanks. it just the? There's no service that's not the Marines in here. Is there just uh, tanks? Like, do they have any kind of like ground ground elements that are like with the? No, tanks? totally totally unsupported. Interesting. Um, it's harder to it's harder to program you know anything that's not a tank. So it's just like it's just like eight tanks just cruising through, you know, like they do. You 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 fight your you fight your way through the TV station, uh, without 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 your tank support. And you, uh, and it's like pretty, you know, it's pretty intense, you know, it's pretty intense fighting and, and you finally bust into like the recording booth area and, uh, the broadcast is just on a loop. Surprise, surprise. The bad guy isn't like here in this easily accessible location either. And I mean, like today for like intelligence and stuff like that, if, if you're like big bad guy has like a cell phone or if his buddies have cell phones or, or if, if anyone is in any way connected you, you can't really expose yourself like that. You know, you, you'll, you'll be you'll be found where you are if, if you're sort of hooked into like an unsecured communications network. So usually it would make more sense to be like inside the capital city where there's so much AA that you wouldn't you wouldn't be able to touch him or you wouldn't or wouldn't be worth it. Right. So so it ends with um, Staff Sergeant Griggs, who's your who's your erstwhile buddy. You're you're a sergeant um, and Staff Sergeant Griggs is obviously a sergeant, but neither of you give any commands or anything. You're just like you're just like wandering around. You know, you're not you're not doing. You, you're really you you might as well be like a private or a corporal. Like you, you don't really have any agency. Like Vasquez tells you what to do and you go do it, which is usually usually my understanding is for 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 infantry at least. You know, there's a lot more authority delegated down, which to to the NCO course. And then like on top of that, like absolutely. And then with force reconnaissance, I mean, those guys are kind of like a like a gentleman's club where it's like you know they have like. Mm-hmm that soft kind of, I guess, mentality where it's not so much like rank and file, like, you know, adult babysitter kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, barking commands at like, you know, other guys. It's more of like a, hey, we like, we've done a lot of like really intense training together and like we know how each other like works and and we don't like, <laughs> there's no need for all the yeah. thea- theatrics and yeah. <laughs> so it sounds like they're treating force reconnaissance as if it's some sort of like, just standard infantry unit instead of like us yeah you're like yeah you're like you're like a kind of standard infantry like tip of the spear but also you get to do different things Mm. like force reconnaissance is just an excuse to put them in like the middle of every interesting mission so that you can see every part of the war as the player interesting and also also you take like it depends on how your your playthrough but you take a crazy amount of casualties like yeah like there there are guys dropping like left and right in this like elite unit and the, and the way the game works is they they just spawn more guys in when your guys die so so like you're you're like you like lose three guys around you and then three more like identical horse reconnaissance guys that have trained for like decades together you know just just wander in and they're like hey we're here to take their place so that's <laughs> that's how that goes but you, 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 so you cut you cut the feed right the the, the loop that the you know all Assad has put on the on every uh, TV and radio in the nation and Staff Sergeant Griggs is like score one for military intelligence he's like being really snotty about it and then because it's 2007 he like he like cuts the he cuts the loop and he starts playing some hip hop over it and that's how the mission ends you know you're like you're like bobbing your head you're like yeah <laughs> um, I think I think probably in that instance. You know, there, there'd probably be some kind of recording, like some kind of, you know, military, military intelligence propaganda recording, like stay in your homes, you know, do, do not, mm-hmm. you know, like leaflet dropping, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. By the way, you, so you attack this town and it's like there's by all by all accounts, it's just a civilian town that has military people in it. But you never see civilians mm-hmm. nowhere, which is good because you you blow everything up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's there's really no 
there's really no restraint. So maybe it's so maybe it's good, but you you almost never see civilians in this game at all, mm-hmm. um, which is which makes things simpler morally, right? Because in the real world, you know, if you're operating in you know a city where there's a bunch of people, like obviously <laughs> obviously there's more concern. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you stay with the Marines for the next mission. You don't go back to the SAS. You stay with the Marines. It's nighttime all of a sudden you're essentially essentially one of the Abrams that was operating by itself got broke down and everyone just left it, I guess. So you have to go rescue it, which which is a great a great force recon mission that force reconnaissance would definitely do. But who knows, you know, if someone's in the area, maybe they get retasked or something, right? You see like a ton of anti-aircraft fire in the sky. Like it's meant to look like the footage of Baghdad in like 2003 with like tracers, you know, arcing up and stuff like that. But like, there's so much AA. It's like, it's like, how was any helicopter operating? Like helicopter, and like, how are, how are even planes operating? Right? Because these are sort of, you know, they look like Soviet anti-aircraft systems. You know, like if you're if you're doing any kind of, you know, close air support or ground attack mission, like you're you're very imperiled here. Mm-hmm. So you're doing, you know, you're doing some marine shit. You know, the you, you just go straight, you just go straight to where the tank is. You know, there's not much plot that really happens here. You know, you do some fighting. You use a javelin on some tanks that are like 50 meters away, uh, which is, <laughs> which is pretty wild. Like, like there's, for some reason, this like pretty tiny town has like a, has like a on-ramp for like a highway. Um, and there's like a bunch of like tanks on there because apparently like those can hold tanks, I suppose. Uh, and so you just, you just blow the hell out of like that city's like infrastructure to like kill those tanks with the javelin. Um, and they, they really just want to show off like, because this is 2007, right? So the only time people have seen the javelin is like, you know, like future weapons on discovery. So they really want to show off, like, look, this missile goes up and then it goes down. Like, mm-hmm. you know, that's kind of, you know, we're, we sort of know that. But th- this is really a, a exposing the general public to, like, this thing that looks cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's kind of the excuse for that. But you get to the tank, um, and it turns out that, that you actually need air support now. So I guess you came to rescue them, but now you need rescuing. So, so we've, done a good, we've done a good job there. And so you call you call to the the Cobra pilots, right, to uh, to help you out, and they're like, "No, we can't do that. There's an anti aircraft gun like right near you. Um, <laughs> there's a ZPU, which is an older Soviet era AA gun." And it's like, "Oh, now you're worried about AA mm. that like <laughs> that like it's it's convenient to the plot, right?" So you go and you find this thing, and and like this this anti aircraft gun, it's totally hemmed in by buildings, so it can't actually it can only shoot in like one direction and maybe like a twenty degree arc. So it's not actually that big of a threat unless they were gonna like destroy their entire own city like around this AA gun but regardless you you, you go and you, you blow it up and then the cobras come and they save the day and everyone's like oorah you know they're all you know they, they're doing you know they're doing stereotypical marine stuff and that's that mission is that is that, ter- is that stereotypical marine stuff michael well, i mean i would is that what you guys just I, I can't speak on authority but i would i would argue that it's probably the opposite <laughs> like <laughs> I, yeah i i don't yeah, most most of the time, yeah. if I recall, like the the times people say "urah" is in a very like you know like uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of like sarcastic. Uh, yeah, like the motivation <laughs> isn't really there. It's just kind of like a you know. Yeah, I have some I have some buddies there. They're in the army, and and they only they only say it when they're like impersonating NCOs they hate. <laughs> yeah, they're like, <laughs> they're like they're like mow that grass, urah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, so that's, that's it for Marine missions for, for the time being, right? You're back with the SAS. Thank God. <laughs> it gets worse. It gets worse. I've got some bad, you're, <laughs> some, some bad stuff's coming up. Don't worry. Um, you're back at the SAS and it's like, it's like two hours from the last SAS mission. So if you recall, you know, you got the informant, you, you know, you extracted by helicopter. 
Um, you, so you're in the helicopter with the informant. You're you're flying away. His name's Nikolai, by the way. Mm-hmm. You guys are heading to you guys are heading to Frankfurt, and for some reason, the flight plan from southwestern Russia, the Caucasus, to Frankfurt is to just fly over like eastern Russia, just like in a straight line, which is like which is like. Wh- Russia's at war, right? Like, 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 apparently there's an armed civil war happening and you're just like flying, flying in a helicopter, like, you know, right, right over that thing. And, uh, you know, you'd think they get shot down doing that, which is good because they do. And <laughs> you get, you get shot down big time. Um, the, both of the pilots die, but, but everyone important to the plot survives, which is good because you need them for the plot to happen. So it's, so it's you, Nikolai, Gaz and, and Captain Price. And you have to, essentially, you just have to get to the evac point. For some reason, even though one helicopter's got shot down, they're like, oh, we'll send another to pick them up. That'll go well. Command command instantly, like the second that you go down and you're like, you know, you you touch base with command again, they're like, oh, an AC-130 is on the way to support you, which is like real weird because that airspace is not safe. And you're like, again, you're in the middle of Russia. Like, and the AC-130 has to like fly to where you are over Russia to support you. <laughs> which it's not even a fast aircraft, is it? If I remember correctly, it's not like... No, it, it's like turboprop and yeah. Yeah, it's it's designed to loiter around, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And and it also begs the question of like, why are there just evac helos and AC-130s hanging around? Were they like, oh yeah, these guys are totally going to get shot down. We better, you know, instead of having them fly south or into international waters, let's just, you know, mm-hmm. let's just risk it. Yeah. Regardless. So you're, so you're, you know, you're, you're trying to walk to the evac point and there's like, th- there's no, there's never like a small amount of ultranationalists anywhere. There's like tons of them around. So you got, you know, you got, you got, there's a bunch of infantry. There's, there's like trucks full of dudes. There's B, there's BMPs. Like we were talking about, there's tanks, there's, there's helicopters. So, so honestly, it's more surprising that you didn't get shot down like already flying over this many people in like a clearly U S helicopter, you know, and they, and they chase you, you know, they chase you through villages and industrial areas and a greenhouse, which is cute. <laughs> and, and, and there's this like, there's this MI, there's this MI Soviet MI hip helicopter that just like will not leave you alone. Like it's, it's following you everywhere. It's got a spotlight on it. There's like, I, I don't know if it's got like a mounted machine gun on it, but it's not like they don't have like a cannon or rockets or anything. They just have this like machine gun. It's, it's really annoying. Um, I died a lot here. I was playing, <laughs> I was playing on an unrecommended difficulty. They're like second easiest. And I was like, no, second heart. So uh, I'm, I'm big and tough. This, this really extended the amount of time it took me to get through this, but it was, <laughs> it was worth it for my, for my pride. And then, and then you, you sort of break into like a, a farmhouse. And for some reason, this farmhouse has like a ton of stinger missiles, like the, 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 the man pad, like the, the shoulder mounted stinger missile launchers. Like the American stinger yeah. launchers. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. It is. It is interesting. It's in also, Russia. It's also interesting that they're, that they just like left it in a barn. They're like, we'll come back for this later. You know, <laughs> you know? It is. I guess they didn't want to code in like an, an Igla or Estrella, like the Russian the Russian equivalents mm-hmm. to a Stinger. It would have made much more sense. Yeah. Than having and, and in later games they do, which are some of the most difficult to get small uh, weapons in the world. So, mm-hmm. um, well, they got like eight of yeah, them. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> they got eight of them laying laying next to each other. They're selling them like hotcakes. Yeah, I guess yeah. it's 2011. Anything goes, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's a different time. It's a different time. Um, and so, yeah, so you shoot down, you shoot down the helicopter with, with that, uh, with those stingers. And then, um, you know, you run, you basically, you, you run forward and you're near the evac point, but there's like an insurmountable number of bad guys between you and them. But it doesn't matter because the AC-130 shows up and it just blows everything, you know, blows everything up. And, you know, the, the, the really professional SAS guys start like cheering and stuff, which you don't want to do if you're on the run. 
<laughs> on a little side note, mm-hmm. on a little side note, again, Michael wrote a really cool in-depth article on the AC-130 from its inception to oh, today. Thank you. Yeah. So for, for, for people who's interested in that, guys, you know, find it on our website. Just search for AC-130. And you will find it. Totally. Yeah. Sorry, Marcel. Yeah. Well, when I asked when I asked you if I wanted to do the podcast, Michael, you're like, "Is there any reading I should do?" And I was like scrolling through your articles, and I was like, "Oh, you did AC130s <laughs> and and, yeah. and articles on AC130s and Marines." Perfect. Okay. I, perfect. Um, <laughs> um. So yeah. So the next mission, right? You actually you actually play as the AC130 gunner. I guess you, you you're one individual, but you control all three of the guns at once. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if that's how it works in, in an actual AC-130, but they're simplified. Yeah, it sounds a bit strange. But you know, they have this cool briefing where they like they like go into great detail. They're like they have a 105 millimeter gun, and they have a 25 millimeter cannon, and they have a 40 millimeter cannon. You know, they they're they're really they're really for for every time you die in this game. By the way, there's like a quote about how war is bad. It'll be like, you know, it'll be like Albert Einstein. Like, I don't know what World War Three will be fought with, but World War Four will be fought with sticks and stones, you know, and stuff like that. It'll be, it'll be like very, like, very, like, modeling, like, war is terrible. And then, like, the briefings will be like, check out this, check out this, check out this tank, check out this air, check out this aircraft. It goes boom, you know. <laughs> to be fair, to be fair, I remember when I played the game for the first time, that mission with the AC-130 is iconic, right? Mm. Because before that, we never knew even what the AC-130 was, yeah. And how that and, and how that looked because of the the flare camera, right? The black and white. I remember that, and and yeah, that. I mean, it's all like fun and jokes, obviously, mm. but uh, there are like a lot of things that we didn't know mm. that yeah, were shown yeah. in that. Yeah, and this is and this was also the case for what I was saying about the javelin, right? It, Call of Duty really did mm-hmm. like for for the general public because um, it sold so well, like um, rifle mounted grenades, right? Noob tubes, AC one thirties, you know, even 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 stuff like the javelin, like it really did like bring that stuff into the popular conscious um, consciousness in the way, like you know, you, you would see that stuff in like Black Hawk Down, but they wouldn't really you know they wouldn't really show it, um, mm-hmm. and you didn't spend a lot of time like looking at it and, and pretending to use it, right? But yeah, so you're you know you're in the AC-130. You can switch your thermals between white hot and black hot, but it doesn't really matter because the um, they're not totally accurate to what actual thermals are. Like the tires, for instance, of cars, like they show up as a different color just so you, like a normal person, can see. But like you know, one of my buddies, one of my buddies looked at a lot of thermal imagery, and I showed him you know some some footage of this, and he's like, nope, this isn't what it looks like <laughs> at all. Um, but you know, it, it it looks you know it looks it looks similar enough for for you know idiots like me. So yeah, it, most of this isn't really that important to the plot. You know, you just escort the guys to their evac, and little you know ultranationalists pop out of buildings, and then you know they're like shoot those guys, and you shoot them, and they're like badass. You know, yeah, they're like good night. And the ROE we should get you for the voiceover. Yeah. Uh, oh, they should for the narration, myself. They should for the next one. <laughs> they should they should bring they should bring me in. I I I probably cost you know I'm probably half as good, but I probably cost a quarter as much. So. You know, you you know go. they should. That's good value, but the 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 rules of engagement with the ROE is totally messed up here. Like you're like you're in like a foreign country in an AC-130, and they're like, you can shoot everything but the church. Like <laughs> like, like there's really like there's really there's really there's uh, civilians show up exactly one time, and it's because it, they like have to for the plot because the SAS they like commandeer some civilian vehicles, so the civilians run out of those, and you can't shoot those guys. But otherwise, all these villages are like empty. Like I guess Russia is just completely depopulated now. There's like no one but bad guys in there, um, and and religious institutions which you can't which you can't shoot. That's bad. 
um, until until they start coming out of it, and then you can. Which is, mm. but yeah. Uh, then the then the SAS escape in their helicopters. Even though we know, not only do we know that the Ultranationals have AA, but we know that they have like man like stingers. So the AC one thirty and these helicopters are both like in in a contested airspace. Like they're not safe. But regardless, they they all get in and, and leave, and then uh, and they have a they have a grand old time. They escape. They, we've we've saved the day. We've gotten these guys out. Um, and that's the end of, that's the end of that. This whole I can't help but think. And I get, I know it's a video game and like whatever, but I guess <laughs> looking at it from an intelligence perspective, I'm wondering who is like giving them the intelligence to actually do these missions. Like, mm. you know, like, yeah, yeah. So, so at least for, at least for this particular section, right. The, th- this is sort of the fallout of them rescuing Nikolai. So I guess mm-hmm. it's sort of just like, you know, they're flying by the seat of their pants stuff, mm-hmm. but you'll, you'll see like later missions in this game where people will just be like, Oh yeah, our single informant told us that this might be the case, so we're just gonna like act on it. We're gonna spend like a billion dollars of, you know, to 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 go and to go check it out, and maybe they'll be right. You know, so it's, it's sort Iraq of, war, it, Iraq war. <laughs> yeah, it's it's yeah, maybe it is realistic. Single source you know? intel is the best, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Single source, single source intel from 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 for from foreign intelligence agencies is always perfect. But yeah, so so you go back, you go back to the Marines. You haven't escaped yet in the, in these next two missions, and these these ones actually are consequential for the plot. Most mostly, we're you know clowning on the fact that they're you know being stereotyped like Jarhead with Jake Gyllenhaal Marines, mm-hmm. right? But mm-hmm. th- this part's a little bit more sort of consequential. Um, the first one, the first one, the tank that you guys rescued last time, but well, you you rescued it, and then you needed rescuing, and then you got rescued. the The tank you were escorting. Um, you're escorting it through the city essentially because you because apparently there's like a final push happening on the capital city and they zoom in on the capital city and the capital city's in Riyadh which is in the middle of the Arabian Peninsula so i guess you've teleported like 600 kilometers north or something they're they're all over the place with you they did the map separate to the missions which is which which you can really tell because if you're paying attention you're like cuz cuz they designed it for like 2007 Americans right they're like the middle east you know what what's that you know, is that Iran? Are you sure just 2007? Yeah, it's, well, <laughs> un- uh, yeah. well, unfortunately, unfortunately, after 20 years of war, yeah. I think still. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, the, the geography, the geography is messed up. I'm not sure if it's the developers having, like, you know, contempt for, for us, the players, or, or us, the players, just not caring. You know, the developers mm-hmm. themselves not knowing. Um, but yeah, the, 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 you know, the, essentially it's just more it's just more like unrealistic war stuff right like enemy helicopters mi8s they just like they just like hover right in front of you like 50 meters away and they're like fast roping guys down you know right in front of you where you can like shoot them as they're descending and things like that like it's it's like it's like comical it's like it's like this you know this country trained its military and fast roping only and like nothing else you know like <laughs> like uh, a lot of you know they, they're doing a lot of intense it looks cool it looks awesome it looks awesome um they're they're you know they're doing a lot of um intense urban fighting, right? They're trying to simulate, you know, some of the heaviest, you know, fighting in, in, in the Iraq war and you're fighting around the tanks. So it's a little bit different, right? So the tanks, like the tanks firing on buildings, like 10 feet from you, you know, they're, they're like, Oh, there's an enemy in the second floor. <laughs> you know, they just, they just, you know, they blow, blow through <laughs> that whole thing. And, and, and I guess you're fine. Like, I guess you, you don't have like, you know, sustained hearing loss or tinnitus or, you know, anything like that. Um, traumatic brain injury, traumatic brain injury, PTSD. Also, every single place you go into has like a display case, like it's a kebab shop. 
So, so I guess there's like no, there, nobody lives here. I guess everyone, everyone is just buying or selling kebabs. That is the two things that happen in this town. Like every single, it's like, it's like those, um, it's like those standing like deli counter things where it shows all the meat below you. Right. Ah! Um, <laughs> not too much to comment here. There's a set piece at the end of this, the, the Abrams that like you, you guys are at like a, like a T-bone intersection, a T intersection. And like, you can see that there's an enemy T-72 coming up. And it's like pointing its gun at you, and it, but it but it doesn't fire, I guess, because you know then the plot couldn't happen. Um, and you tell the Abrams, which is which is perpendicular to it, right? There's a there's a corner of a building between them where it is, and they sort of swivel and fire through that building, which um, fortunately there's no civilians anywhere, you know, there. And the tanks, like the enemy tank, is like ten meters from you. Like you're on like the second floor, and it's like down here, like right below you, and and it like totally explodes, and everyone's fine. <laughs> But when when the T seventy two explodes, that the turret pops off, and like goes flying, and I, and I thought that was really interesting because that's what like for the war in Ukraine that's happening right now, like mm-hmm. a ton of footage mm-hmm. and a ton of memes, uh, which mm-hmm. is mostly what I know it for, surround like the T seventy two turret <laughs> yeah. popping off, right? Because I think my understanding is that they um, they store all the ammunition right under the turret, so when so when there's a penetration and the ammo cooks off, it blows the turret up straight into the air, since that's sort of like the weakest like the weakest point of the weld or whatever. Um, so anyways, so, you know, it's you know, who said Call of Duty isn't, isn't, uh, isn't realistic, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's, so that's it. So, so this next mission is sort of the, 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 the closing of, of the Marines involvement in the story. And so you've got, you've gotten the tank out and this is the final assault on the Capitol and, and, and all Assad is definitely hiding here, right? He's got to be hiding here. And this, this capital city is, so we were in, we were in Southern Saudi Arabia. Then we were in Riyadh, the middle of Saudi Arabia. Now we're like in Basra. Like the capital city is like the capital city is like in southern Iraq. So we've really for the for the small oil rich country that the Secretary of Defense was talking about, we're really covering like you know, we're we're covering a, a space, a, a state that, you know, hasn't been this wide since, you know, since seven hundred AD, right? Our geography is totally messed up here. Um, <laughs> and 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 again, I can't emphasize this enough. Each mission is maybe like, you know, like eight hours from the last mission. So these guys are like, these guys are moving, you know, you, 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 you know, you're fighting, you're fighting and then you're moving and you're fighting again. So they're, you know, you're probably a little tired. They, so, so this is portrayed as like the final battle. It's like the all out assault on this, on this heavily fortified city. And it's the first time they talk about, uh, seed, the suppression of enemy air defense. Uh, they mention, they mention wild weasels and force recon infiltration as, as weakening the enemy's AA. Um, it's also the only time any service other than the Marines is mentioned is, is when they mention wild weasels. Uh, I guess nobody but the Marines has been in, involved at all in this in this massive operation uh, to take to take the uh, to take this massive enemy country. Maybe for the for for the people listening, the wild weasels. Oh, wild weasels! Wild weasels are. I mean, I think it. I think it describes a mission more than an aircraft. But essentially, they uh, they usually have an anti radiation missile. They're aircraft like fighter jets, and they usually have an anti radiation missile on them. And so what. What they do is their mission is to sort of go into an airspace where there's enemy AA. The enemy, the enemy AA, they turn on their radars, um, and the anti radiation missile can actually has a sensor on it that can detect where the radar is coming from. So you you release the missile, and the missile follows it down and destroys that radar. And once you've destroyed the radar, enemy most enemy most good anti aircraft systems use radar. So you've essentially blinded it. It's essentially just a big hunk of metal at that point. So, so ideally, right, if you're going to assault, you know, as the military, if you're going to go after any particular, like, 
fortified position or, or anything where there might be serious AA, you would be, you would be weakening those, those air defenses a variety of ways. That's the wild weasels is one of them. Infiltration, I guess, is another, you know, you'd, you'd probably be looking at imagery of where these AA sites are and trying to hit them with artillery or cruise missiles or, you know, basically, basically anything. <laughs> but that said, uh, they do follow that up with AA is still a threat. Which is pretty funny because then it cuts to you in like a helicopter, so you're like charging, you're like charging right for the city again, where there's a ton of, where there's a ton of AA, and and like you can see in the distance, like you know, there's there's like radar AA like still up. You can see the tracers going up and stuff like that, and and you know this is but this is before the Apache, I guess. So it's so it's like the Cobras, which are which don't have that much armor, and and you know you're in a Chinook, which is a, a bigger transport helicopter. And, and, you know, they're doing a big show, you know, they're, they're, um, you know, you're, you're in the helicopters. Apparently you can't insert on foot, even though there's like, um, a bunch of tanks below you. And like you were saying, just tanks, there's no Bradley's, there's no, you know, Humvees, there's no like other ground element besides the tank. There's no infantry to support the, the armor push, but, but yeah, so you, so you're, you're, even though you're like a force recon guy, they're like, oh, you can, you can man the Mark 19, the, the grenade launcher in the Chinook. And so you go around and, and the Cobras, they're like, oh, you should clean up after, you should clean up after the Cobras, you know, strafe the ground. And there's like a ton of dudes on the ground. So I guess the Cobra didn't do anything. You know, the, the, the Cobras, the Cobras, you know, they fire their rockets and stuff, but there's still like dozens of dudes. They've all got RPGs. It's like Somalia, like in, in Black Hawk Down, they're just firing them left and right at you, <laughs> you know, and you take, and you take like a bunch of hits, you take fewer hits on hard because they, you know, you die, but, but, but like, <laughs> this is like helicopters are fragile. Like they're not they're not that robust, um, especially mm-hmm. before the Apache, right? So so uh, you know they they shouldn't be able to take a take a hit like this, um, let alone let alone multiple. Um, but this is wildly dangerous because your your Chinook is full of Marines. Like you've got a full chalk of you've got a full chalk of Marines in this thing, and they're like, oh, let's hover over this enemy position so you can shoot at them with the Mark Nineteen. You know, there's there's like no effort to save human life here. But yeah, so you you know you you, you take out all the enemies in this area. You land in front of the building. There's a bunch of enemies in it, but they don't open fire on you for whatever reason until like half of your half of your chalk, half of the guys in the helicopter unload, and then they go and assault the building with the tanks, and they have a they have a gunfight. Also, like while you're landed, uh, an Abrams like pancakes a car in front of you, like it just like it just like runs over a car. That that's not plot relevant. I just think that's, that's cool though. It's cool. Well, it, it's also it sounds like Michael Bay was like the director behind this game, like. I swear that's what I that's what I wanted to say in the beginning. Well, the, was Michael Bay involved in this because of the explosions? The crazy thing is, this is the most like until the 2019 reboot. This is the most restrained Call of Duty game. So like that that's like that's like their that's like their cool set piece is like a tank ran over a car and guess what the car was like you know the car didn't do so well. Like later mm. and and we can get to this, but later you know you have like you know major landmarks you know getting destroyed and you know mm. you know people on you know jet skis going through like navies and things like that. It gets it turns into like you know James Bond real quick. But this is mm. this is their equivalent of like this is their Michael Bay stuff. This is this is our mm. starting point. This is the least crazy it gets. Mm. Um, so you take off again, and for some reason the level designers think that like Middle Eastern cities are just like mosques. Like every building is a mosque, mm. basically. There's like minarets like, right next to each other. Like call, call to prayer, call to prayer must be like wild in that town, because like every single. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, they're 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 yeah, but they're like they're like next they're like facing each other too. It's like one side of the building, so like the the guys the guys in the towers can like you know shout at each other and stuff or whatever. But you do some more fighting, um, and then and then they get over the radio and they're like everyone's withdrawing. SEAL Team Six probably just found a nuclear device in the city. 
they're like SEAL Team Six might have found this. There's a Nest Nest Nuclear Emergency Support Team there. Uh, Nest is a real thing, as I understand it. I'm not sure if it's. Mm-hmm. I think it's under Department of Energy or Department of Justice. I think there's several, but they're the. Um, I know. I know they they got a mention in one of your articles, Michael. But essentially, but essentially, they're like you know they're they're like the uh, whatever the special forces equivalent of like you know cutting the red wire on a nuke would be, you know more or less. Yeah, they they are. It is Department of Energy. Mm. They're the guys with the Q clearances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I never got that one. Never got that one. But yeah, but this is this is what's kind of weird, right? Because like SEAL Team Six found a nuke, and there's a Nest team there. So like they must they they must have been some suspicion that there'd be a nuke. But they were still like, hey, let's do like a total, like an armored assault. Let's like send thousands of Marines into the city. That's a great idea. Like where there's like an, an active nuclear threat. <laughs> so you're, so you're flying away. You're all flying away. You're, you're like, you know, you just, you just sprinted into the city and fought your way through it. And now you're like, oh, it's time to get out. No civilians again, which is, you know, I guess, I guess good, right? They, the bad guys evacuated all the civilians before. It seems like, it seems like all of Russia and all of this country have in this game been like, leaflets dropped like go somewhere else so there must be <laughs> yeah a simultaneous yeah. like refugee crisis like <laughs> somewhere else yeah it just unspeakable yeah. numbers of <laughs> like yeah they're yeah these they're the bad guys but they're still really into like the law of armed conflict they're like we gotta declare this an open city like we gotta <laughs> yeah you know, we gotta move on yeah. well <laughs> you know what what i'm what i'm what i'm getting from this is that the the actual plot line of of call of duty modern warfare was it was how to do effective psyops. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a big right. intelligence win. That was the subtext in all of there this. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> um, Jeez. Yeah, yeah. So, so we were talking about we were talking about AA. You're you're flying away, and and one of the cobras is escorting you is flying away, and the cobra like the cobra the tail rotor of the cobra gets hit. So the cobra the the cobra gunship. Right, it, it it crashes. Right, it's very very Black Hawk down, and the and the pilots in it and radioing like you know I'm, you know my co pilots down. You know I'm still here. I'm holding them off or whatever. And so um, Lieutenant Vasquez is like, "Fuck it, we're gonna we're gonna land the helicopter, you know, near the crash site, and we're gonna evac the pilot." And the um, the main voice on the radio is like, "You're not gonna be a safe distance if this nuke goes off." And he's like, "I don't care." Right, so you 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 know you land and you do this is I think. I think more than anything, this is the most action movie sequence of it. Cause you basically like, there's like, there's like dozens of like bad guys, like converging on this down Cobra. It's like very cinematic and stuff like that. And you just like, you're, you're just like running through all these guys. They're not hitting you at all. You know, you, you scoop up the pilot, the pilot weighs a lot less than you. And you like, you know, you carry them and it's pretty, it's pretty, um, it's kind of a bitch on hard on, on the, on the mode I was playing because you don't have a gun. So they're all shooting at you and you kind of just have to like run around them um zigzag yeah you got a yeah a serpentine you know and uh yeah so you so you but you save the pilot and you you know you get out of there but um there's like some radio chatter and um and the nuke goes off there's, there's a nuclear explosion like that you see in the distance it's like a really bright, bright flash and an explosion and and basically there's you see the shock wave coming towards you and it knocks like every helicopter that you see like including yours out of the sky like you can you know you can you see it crashing and people are like falling out of the like helicopter the open door at the back of the chinook like as it as it goes down and then it just like it like hard cuts to like news coverage of it of like the explosion and people and there's like a massive like there's like a massive casualty list they show of like missing in action uh and then it like it's like shows that you're on it so like your character is like you know in the middle in the middle of this nuclear explosion and like 
this is a pretty shocking moment in video games. Like usually your character didn't die at this point, especially mm-hmm. in like, I don't want to say jingoistic, but like gung ho, like action movie stuff. Like you made it right. And at this time, so, so your character is like, your character is like dead, but, but there's sort of a mini section where you wake up in the helicopter and you're like grievously wounded and you've got like radiation poisoning and stuff. And you can, you can like limp out of the helicopter and you can like see the devastation that's been wrought and like the mushroom cloud in the distance. Apparently in the remastered version, they added like your buddies also crawling out and like dying one by one, which is pretty like morbid, I would say. But it's it's a real it's a real turning point in this game. And then and then, you know, it's pretty grisly stuff. Um, and then eventually you you collapse and, and you die. And that's the end of that's the end of the Marine mm-hmm. section. It's yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty it's pretty heavy. And I think I think it it hit me a lot harder as an adult thinking about like the gravity of something like that than did when I was 12. Because when I was 12, I was like, whoa, I died. And I'm like watching it now. I'm like, whoa, there's a lot of people in there. Yeah. But yeah, so that so the nuke is the is really the the turning point of this story, right? It's it's technically the end of of Act One of three acts, but Acts Two and Three are like together or about as long as Act One. So it's really like canonically, like it's the midway point. Um, yeah. and and it's kind of strange because like canonically, right? Like thousands of Marines die here. Like, I think they say something like in later games are like 30,000 Marines died here. Ah! Yeah, that's that's like, 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 a, <laughs> yeah, that's like a crippling, like, a, like yeah, yeah, like 50 per, like, like, you know, 50% of all the personnel in the Marine Corps, like, dead. I mean, I think, um, I think like 84, that I don't know what it is now, like 84 to 100, maybe if I'm guessing, like, you know, doing that's that's like, it just <laughs> makes me wonder, like, how. Yeah, like even even if you're making a video game that has a plot this like convoluted and this like chaotic, like to why why not at least try to get like some sort of like you know like what's the point of like fabricating a number like yeah. other than to I guess make a make like a, a point like may, maybe like appeal to the emotion yeah. and be like but this is a lot yeah, of people but, but... yeah it, the thing is well the thing that's crazy is like. Well, it's also like if if there's if they're assaulting a city, I don't think there would be a mass of thirty thousand people within the direct range of the nuclear. Like that's that's a crazy concentration of of people. But you know, it's you know they're marines. It's fine. You just tough it out, right? Just rub some dirt on it. <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> um, I will say though that like they don't really talk about what like a tectonic shift this would be in global politics. Like this would like like ever the the way that the way that anyone especially the United States this would be like three nine like three or four nine elevens right in in terms of like mm-hmm. in terms of the impact on on you know international relations in terms of the impact on like how the United States uses force like there would be like a lot of anger here and and this is even like also zero civilians die so you know that's cool um, but but um. I have to. I have to really yeah. quick include. It's actually one hundred eighty thousand as of twenty twenty. I had to Google that, so I don't like. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Fair. 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 <laughs> yeah, I was kind of off. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, but I mean, but I mean, I guess, I guess, like, if you include like reserves, right? There's probably this is it's like a big. This is a big. This is like a plurality of the combat mm-hmm. forces of the Marines that are that are getting, and also all their gear, right? All their helicopters. The, there's you see Abrams, right? Um, all the crayons mm-hmm. annihilated, you know. <laughs> but they (laughs) but yeah so that's that sort of brings an end to the the involvement of the marine corps in this story at least as as an organization so so we're back with the you know we're back with the sas they're trying to sort of make sense of what's happened right 
Um, and then, and then their informant Nikolai is like, oh yeah, you know, Al-Assad probably wasn't in the city when the nuke went off. He, he might've been in this like safe house that I know about in Azerbaijan, uh, that he's used before. And you're like, wow, maybe tell us that before the nuke, you know, that, that Al-Assad, and this is another thing where like, what, Al-Assad didn't have like a cell phone. Like no one was, no one was tracking this dude. It also, it also begs the question of like, why weren't the SAS telling the U.S. that they had found these nuclear devices, right? It's like, oh, we found this mm-hmm. nuclear device on an Estonian yeah. ship. Um, but but you really, I mean, that's just a small detail. You know, it's got the flag of the country you're invading. Don't worry about it. I'm sure it's, you know, I'm sure that was the only nuke. But yeah, so so the safe house where Nikolai thinks, you know, Al-Assad might be, you know, it's 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 in this village. And it's 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 another heavily armed ultranationalist occupied village. Uh, where, where you know, Nikolai, you know, thinks he might be in there. Um, so you meet up with the Russian loyalists again. The Russian loyalists are like, Al-Assad is in the village, <laughs> you know, because because they know, right? And you're like, wow, you could have told us that before as well. Also, you never, you never like, infiltrate with the Russian military, even though presumably that you could, like, hitch a ride with them. You always enter separately and then meet up with them. But they don't really explain, because you're in Azerbaijan, right? And And that's a... As uh, you know, I'm I'm a simple American, but that is a different country than Russia. And so so like why there's an ultranationalist force like in this village and why there's like Russian loyalists like ready to assault it. Like, you know, civil wars do often spill over, but they don't really clarify that. They're just like, oh, yeah, you know, I mean, it's like a Jason Bourne movie. You know, the bad guys are in Mumbai and now they're in Azerbaijan, you know, but like presumably like it would be a big deal geopolitically if a civil war was like spilling over into other countries. Right. This is where you see like, you know the international community coming in with like, you know, peacekeeping or like some kind of refugee control. Like it's, it's just weird that they, they don't really clarify this. And they also hand wave in this one, they hand wave away like where all the civilians are. You like, you hear some gunfire noises and the Russian loyalists are like, they're killing the villagers. And you're like, Oh, okay. But you don't see, you don't actually see any dead civilians. Uh, you see, you do see dead cows. So maybe the developers are just like racist against like Azeris or something, but, but like, you see, you don't you don't really see any evidence of of like what what's obviously like an atrocity that's just happened. But anyways, you, you fight through the village. You're just clearing every building trying to find Assad. Um, the Russian loyalists are like, oh, we have we have a Mi-28 Havoc gunship. Um, how about you call it in and like give them the coordinates? And you're like, well, you guys speak Russian. Like, shouldn't shouldn't you guys be calling in the helicopter gun? Also, why do you have a helicopter <laughs> in Azerbaijan? Yeah, but you, you like call it in. It's like a game mechanic, right? You call it in and then it shows up for 30 seconds and like we have to go and refuel. And then they're like refueled in like 90 seconds. It's like the fastest. It's like the fastest. It's like an F1 crew. It's like a it's like a NASCAR, you know, uh, pit team or whatever. They're just like, you know, refueling and rearming this helicopter just overnight. Um, you know what's interesting, uh, Marcel? Mm-hmm. That all of the locations that are mentioned in the game, and it's, it's, it's a game that is more than 10 years old, are hotspots today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Some interesting foreshadowing in the game there. <laughs> Maybe a strategic intelligence piece. Maybe they're part yeah. of it. Um, Maybe they're preparing the, the public consciousness. Maybe Call of Duty is a psyop. Yeah. <laughs> There's, uh, some would some would agree with you on I, that. Yeah, wanna... <laughs> yeah, but maybe for, for, for different reasons. <laughs> for different reasons, yeah. <laughs> The craziest is uh, this other game, Uncharted 2, that, that they made that in 2011, so right before the Arab Spring. And in that one, you go to, like, Syria, and it's, like, a civilian, like, totally fine, like, place. And then you go to Yemen. And, like, both these places are, like, there's, like, police forces, and everything's chill, and there's, like, tourists. And you're like, damn, guys. Bad timing. <laughs> but, but going back to Call of Duty, 
um, you know, you you get to the last house, you get to the last house, and oh, Al Assad is there. He's just like hanging out there, I guess. Even though like even though you didn't surround this village or anything, and you could have just run off, he actually like was hiding in this barn. Um, so you grab so you grab him right, you grab him alive, and, and Captain Price starts just starts like torturing him, like you know, like twenty four style, like Jack Bauer, you know, just like nice. tying into a chair and just like beating him. Um, which like, I mean, I guess this guy did just nuke like 30,000 people. So like, I don't know. He had it coming, but he's saying, he's saying like stereotypical, you know, like interrogation shit. He's like, where did you get the bomb? I want a name. (laughs) Yeah. That kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, even though the very first mission, like the ultranationalists are shipping a bomb with his country's flag on it. So we know where he got the bomb and we know who did it. Like we know who the, we know, we, we know who the two actors are involved here. Um, but I, but I guess they need him to say it or something. So, anyways, so during the interrogation, I guess I guess this is a sort of progressive, right? Because the the interrogation doesn't work. Um, Assad's phone rings and, and Captain Price answers it, and like someone says something on it, and then he hangs up and he just like he just like pulls out his gun and just shoots Assad in the head. Um, like like even though he, like while he's tied up, leaving aside the like war crimes part oh, of that, leaving aside the war crimes part of that, the U.S. probably wants this dude for like trials, right? Like. Like you probably want to like you know you probably want this dude alive. Uh, Intel. Yeah, Intel. Intel. You know uh, the the criminal justice like you know Guantanamo maybe. I mean he did he did do it right. <laughs> mm-hmm. And this is also you you were you were you were asking why there's no JSOC component and like that is a good question because like why isn't the U.S. on site now, right? Because because there's there's like us there's compelling evidence that like these these ultranationalists supplied the nuke to to like another country which leaving aside that it killed a bunch of marines is like a dangerous level of nuclear proliferation right so like presumably you know there'd be some international interest in making sure that there weren't just nukes floating around you yeah. d- you did say that seal team six was with a nest component there so oh, there in, must have been in, already. in the capital city yeah but not in azerbaijan yeah i guess i guess i guess all the nest died. Yeah, 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 oh course, yeah also yeah. seal team six gets nuked no one mentions that there's no there's no yeah. Yeah. i just yeah. casually no. drop seal team six as like a, yeah. a name drop they're there and then they okay well yeah it was it's pretty impressive because this is like four years before abadabad so they're like so they're like ooh, you know they guessed if they had yeah. done seal team two you know no one would have no one would have cared right um <laughs> but yeah so 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 they have this dramatic moment where they're like who is on the phone sir and captain price is like zakaev imran zakaev and you're like who's that um <laughs> but don't worry the game is going to tell you in a series of very long flashbacks that don't have a lot in them so we can go through them pretty fast um but these are two these are two sort of iconic call of duty machines right so this, so this is set like there. So Captain Price obviously has some personal history with this guy, right? So it's a flashback, right? It's 15 years earlier, so it's 1996. Great year, I was one. I remember it well. <laughs> and you actually you play as Captain Price when he was a lieutenant, um, and it's it's him and his commander, and you're in ghillie suits, right? You're you're infiltrating Chernobyl. You're infiltrating the town near Chernobyl, Pripyat, um, and you're going to assassinate the guy they just mentioned, Zakayev, because he's trying to get his hands on nuclear fuel rods. He's trying to buy nuclear fuel rods from. I don't know, I guess the army or something like, like the Ukrainian military, like whoever's in the area of Chernobyl, which is a very watched area, by the way, it wasn't, I mean, maybe not now, but like, you know, it's not like people were just ignoring, ignoring the Chernobyl area, but essentially the British government thinks like, Hey, you know, this, this guy, if he buys, you know, spent nuclear fuel rods, maybe he'll make like a nuclear bomb or something or like a dirty bomb. So they like sanction an assassination essentially, instead of, instead of asking Ukraine to like, maybe like arrest them, or something they're like no we're just going to we're just going to shoot him in another sovereign country 
Um, and for some reason, they're going to make this trade in Chernobyl, which seems risky, but like, I guess buying nuclear stuff is risky anywhere. Well, if you were, if you wanted to hide a nuclear signature, that is mm -hmm. a place you would do it. I guess that's true. I guess that's true. Yeah. I mean, although it, it kind of assumes though, that like people are just scanning, you know, scanning for radiation everywhere. But, but yeah, I guess, I guess it's as good a place as any, right? It's cinematic. Um, you know, there's, there's a cool yeah. factor here. It's, um, it's, <laughs> it, it is an iconic mission. It is. And, it's, and, uh, it, well, this yeah. is, this is another thing they popularized, right? You were talking about the AC-130 and stuff. This also popularized the ghillie suit big time. Like the ghillie suit's this like very specific tool that some snipers use sometimes. And they're like, actually it's an invisibility cloak and it's badass, and you want one. And I'm, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure there was like, there was like a Call of Duty like a couple of years later. I think you could like, if you pre-ordered and spent enough, I think they would give you a ghillie suit. I might be crazy. But I think there was like, I think there was like, I think there was like a promotion where they they'd like hand you one. Oh, it's totally, that solidifies it. It's a PSYOP. It's a, it's, it's a PSYOP. They, it's a yeah. giant PSYOP. It's, it's a PSYOP meant to sell you like ghillie suits, javelins, and AC-130s and nothing else. Oh my gosh. If, um, I, if I may backtrack for a second. and Oh yeah, go for it. So you were talking about the, the, they wanted fuel rods and yeah there's like a there's like i don't know if I, and maybe it's more of a question to both of you but it's it, the whole idea of a dirty bomb i i feel as mm -hmm. though that is a very like hyperbolic kind of like fear that 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 is is promoted like the oh it's a they're gonna make a dirty bomb like mm -hmm. from my understanding and I, I think I've written an article, shameless plug. I've written an article <laughs> yes, about this, did, about the, the, the possibility of, of hospitals that have, you know, radioactive materials from, say, x-rays mm -hmm. and, 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 and can cancer kind of uh, uh, treatments. And the, the, the possibility of those having materials that are easily accessible because it's a hospital and they don't have, like, you know, layers of security. And, like, what, what mm -hmm. if? What if, a, what if a bad actor was to get a hold of those materials and use it to, quote, unquote, make a dirty bomb? And I think what, one thing I found, and I didn't know either, but one thing I found out was that 30 bombs are like not necessarily like you can't like make a nuke like with you, you mm. can't just like, you know, take some like spent fuel rods and make a nuke from my understanding. I, I, I'm not a nuclear scientist, but for the, the process seems a bit more in depth. And so, yeah, I, I just I don't know if it's like a pet peeve, but like when you hear of like, oh, they're making a dirty bomb, it's like more of like a psychological thing. Like if there was mm. to be a dirty bomb, it would be more or less to be like, hey, we just we just uh we just blew up a nuke and in our suitcase and like you know people would freak out because it, oh it's a nuke like and they don't understand like they're you're probably good like i don't know yeah yeah well it, yeah it's it's, it's like a panic like, weapon yeah. right um because if you okay yeah. so if you blow mm -hmm. up like separate from a nuclear explosion separate from the like physics of a nuclear explosion if you just blow up a conventional bomb and it spreads nuclear material once you've cleaned that up like even if it's in a city once you've cleaned that up like you're kind of good. Like you, like you might, mm -hmm. you know, you might have like a 5% chance of cancer, you know, in, in 40 years. Um, mm -hmm. but like, you know, if that happened in New York or something after they scrubbed that whole thing down, you could, you could, I mean, you know, it's not the most dangerous part of New York to be in, right? Like yeah. it's like, it's yeah. pretty, you know, it's, <laughs> you know, um, I, to be fair, I did add, I did add dirty bomb cause, cause it makes more sense that you would make a dirty bomb with a fuel rod. Like if it's like, if you had a, cause they said ex expended fuel rods. So I guess, cause to weaponize, to weaponize nuclear material, you have to refine it more than civilian nuclear 
facilities do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, right. so they, it would have to go undergo like a ton, like it would be easier to steal a nuclear weapon in the nineties in Eastern <laughs> Europe than it would be yeah. to like yeah. get all the scientists together and get the centrifuges and, and all that. Like, um, yeah. <laughs> Like, like I, there was a, there was a Japanese terrorist group like Al Shinrikyo that was trying to do that. And, and they like, they, they couldn't, right. They, they like Australia was like racist and they were like, we're not going to give uranium to Japanese people, but that like saved the day by accident. Um, and, and, uh, because they were, they were actually trying to like refine it. And, and even then like they had, you know, they had a bunch of money, they had a bunch of uh, scientists and they couldn't do it. So the idea that this like dude with like a leather jacket was going to be like it <laughs> was going to be like you know cooking like in a meth lab like making a nuke is like it's a little out there <laughs> um but yeah so you so so you're going you're going to assassinate this guy you you know you're in your ghillie suits and, and you sneak through the area you know it's 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 like you're it's like mo- like most missions there's like a ton of bad guys there for no like if this is a clandestine exchange you probably don't want like a company level element of guys just like wandering around but but they got that. There's, they got BMPs. They've got like helicopter gunships. So it's, it's a whole operation. Um, you pass through another. You pass through a church, and there's a bunch of stingers in there. Which, again, no, no, <laughs> there's no stingers in Ukraine <laughs> in the '90s. Um, they just didn't want to put in like I guess they didn't want to put in like an ICLA or a, or a or a more historically accurate system there. So you get to this hotel that's overlooking the exchange site. That I guess the bad guys like couldn't conceive that someone might shoot from a you know a, a hotel that exactly overlooks the the exchange where you're going to do in broad daylight you you set up your you know you set up a, a 50 cal you know a barrett you know a sniper rifle you know one of those big ones and then you shoot him and you don't see what happens to him but your commander is like oh it looks like you blew his arm off um which is a pretty like pretty serious wound right you'd probably you know but you'd probably want to make sure he was dead later right because you can you can go without an arm but you know it's it's not awesome getting hit with a 50 is like you know it's no bueno. So yeah, and then you know the bad guys magically know where you are, and and you and you and your commander, you know, you you fight your way through and you escape, and and you're like, ah, oh, good, we killed Zakayev. That guy will never come back. You know, the threat of the threat of nuclear terrorism has been ended forever. Um, uh, so that's 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 that flashback. So Captain Price knows who Zakayev is because he thought he killed him, you know, but it turns out he's the guy. He's the guy who's not only the leader of the ultranationalists in secret. Um, but he also supplied the nuke that killed uh, that killed the Marines. Interesting that they, but um, the name Imran Zakayev, he sounds like either Dagestani or mm. Chechen. Yeah, I don't know. I, they don't specify. I... For him to be a, for him to be an ultra nationalist wouldn't make sense. Yeah, he's he's portrayed as like a super like far right kind of guy. So like. You know, not not that it's a particular ideological thing. I guess it's just because like Americans like mm-hmm. just like Russia bad. But yeah, also the the developers, like the developers made this game right, so they invented Imran Zakayev. But like, there's like developer interviews where they're like, "Oh yeah, it's that guy Zakayev." So like, we can't even we can't even pronounce people's names when we like make them up. <laughs> oh, it just it just <laughs> uh, doesn't make know. sense that it would be someone from a Russian ethnic minority. Oh, that would be that would be like super into the idea of Russia as yeah. like an immutable state. Going yeah, exactly. Back hundreds of years. You know, um, <laughs> the name does, doesn't make Destined sense. For greatness. Um, and Imran Zakayev would be a guy with like yeah. a big beard and probably someone from the Caucasus Mountains, and um, it doesn't really make sense. Yeah. I'd say yeah. that he this guy this guy he's got like a shaved head and he'd have an eye patch, you know, but he's got one arm, right? And he's got like a leather jacket, and he and he walks around with like a Desert Eagle, of course. 
one hand shooting a Daz Eagle. Well, this, this, this also Call of Duty was really like one of the other things that they really put mm-hmm. forward was like the Desert Eagle as like, as like this, this like cool gun that people use in war and especially like gold plated Desert Eagles because you could unlock a gold version of the gun. You know, they're like, oh, which like, want. that was a, I, so I, I mm-hmm. grew up playing Counter Strike mm-hmm. and that was, that was a huge yeah. element of Counter Strike. Mm-hmm. Like that, that predates this. So it's interesting. Yeah. Like they, yeah, I mean, so yeah. so you saw it. So like, Dirty Harry actually uses the the precursor to like the Desert Eagle in like the eighties. Oh yeah, and, yeah. and and um, I think it's in like the thirties. Like this is he like goes on like a sales pitch in the middle of the movie. Um, and Counter Strike has the Desert Eagle as well. I think there are some some other ones, but like, it, it's it's sort of hard to like. So many people played Call of Duty four, and like and like a kind of new audience to military shooters, like like bros. So were this playing, is like you know. So this is like what kind of launched like the idea mm-hmm. of the Desert Eagle to the mainstream versus Yeah, I mean I mean so like within game. within like military, like within gun people circles, right? Like warlords mm-hmm. and stuff were like, I want the biggest possible handgun <laughs> and I want it in tiger yeah. print, right? And yeah. so and so like they were they were sort of popular there. And I mean it's and and like, you know, with the Javelin missile launcher was was known before and and you know the AC one thirty was known before, but these were they, they basically really just put a layer of like polish on all these things and presented it to you as like a badass thing to like see and do and have and like and and the game is so intent on selling you on the idea that this is what modern warfare is like that they're that they're like they're doing a sleight of hand they're like this is what war is war is all these products that you can buy you know except javelins you can't buy one of those but you know <laughs> it's like that sort of thing and i know there was some there were some interviews i saw of like Actual AC-130 gunners, because it turns out, like, if you're an AC-130 gunner, you get, like, a bunch of heavy metal poisoning, because you're, like, you know, you're you're essentially around, you're in a contained, pressurized space, but you're firing all these weapons, so all the gases and things that, that go out on the range are actually in the air, so there was a bunch of, like, cancer and, and, and issues with, with young men that did that, and they're all like, oh, yeah, we, we like, joined, we signed up for that because of Call of Duty, and you're like, oops, that sucks, yeah, um, but moving on. <laughs> Psyop. Yeah, Psyop. It's a Psyop. It's a it's a it's 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 like Top Gun for like the the Navy aviators, right? It, it was really a, yeah. a big recruiting thing. Um and and the military was making their own video games after this as well. Mm-hmm. Um and before. Um but yeah, so back to the present, right? Your you, the SAS guys, they're still in that village where they found and executed Al Assad, right? The flashback's over. And then the ultranationalists realize that um you've killed hundreds of them and taken their VIP that that can unravel their entire conspiracy so they counterattack, right uh and they want to attack this village and there's like four of you like sas guys and so you know and so the plan is right you're gonna you're gonna set up like a la- layers of defense right and you're gonna have some mines and you're gonna funnel people in and they're and you're gonna work your way back up the hill and then you're gonna get evac to the top of the hill you know so the helicopter can grab you so you do that and it goes you know it goes fine Right. You, you know, you, you hold them off long enough and then and then command gets on and they're like, um, actually, we're not going to evac you. There's 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 a bunch of AA in the area. And you're like, oh, now AA matters now that it's convenient for the plot. Um, so, so the game so the game and also this entire time you're calling down U.S. airstrikes. So like you're calling in. I think they're like they look like F-15s. I don't really see. You can't really see. But you, you call in a precise point and they bomb that precise point. And you can call it in one after the other. So if you so if you do it right, you can see like forty aircraft in the sky, you know, at the at the same time flying over the target. So so this is um, a pretty open airspace, I would say. Also, the Russians are gone. Like the Russians who helped you take it. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, so there, yeah, so that, that airspace, that airspace is apparently dangerous now. Uh, so you run all the way back down. Uh, you know, you run past all the things. Uh, you run past all the enemies, and then and then you get to the bottom, and the guys that evac you are Americans, and it's Staff Sergeant Griggs, who was just in the <laughs> Middle East like two days earlier. They just they they stuck they stuck this guy. They stuck this guy, this exhausted and shell-shocked guy who's been in combat for like a week instead of like, you know, an operator from like the CIA or the Navy SEALs or Delta Force or Sockier or Marsoc or anyone else. <laughs> they, they, they throw, they're like, Griggs, you, you, this is personal for you. We're going to throw it. So the rest, of the, the rest of the game, and there's only a couple missions left, um, are joint operations. Right. So now, so now, you know, they show like the the, the SAS crest and the U.S. Marine Corps crest and they're like joint operations. You know, they, they maybe they have a challenge coin or something. So now it's like Captain Price and Griggs. <laughs> and it's funny because Griggs is like this dude from New York. He's like, oh, I'm a New Yorker, you know, and Captain Price is like super British, you know, and so they, they, they like play off each other and stuff. So that's fun. Um, you don't know where Zakaev is, right? Even though even though he's like the big, big bad. So you what you do is. You 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 try and get his son because his son's out and about. So you go and you you ambush this convoy of ultranationalists, um, and it turns out ambushing a convoy is not a great way to capture <laughs> someone alive. Um, it's a it's a massive gunfight. So he escapes on foot. Uh, you chase after you chase after him. You know you corner him. You corner him on this rooftop, and and Gaz, one of the SAS guys, is like, "Oh, can I shoot him in the leg?" And Captain Price is like, "No, don't shoot people in the legs. That's actually mm. usually kills them." Which is funny because future games you shoot people in the legs all the time, and they're like, "Oh, that'll wound him, so we don't kill him." But like, <laughs> you've got you've got a lot of blood in your legs, uh, and you do need that to live. But anyway, so you so you go to approach him to restrain him, and he and he shoots himself, and the the son shoots himself in the in the head. Um, so that that sort of ends that lead uh, for you. But fortunately, Zakayev is a little bit miffed about his his son dying right in a in a horrible way. He he's he's overcome with grief. Uh, so he seizes a nuclear launch facility in the Altay Mountains, and he do- and he delivers this this really long monologue about how Russia has been betrayed by its leaders, and you know if Western forces don't leave Russia, he's going to launch a nuke. This is kind of a weird threat because there's no like Western. This is not like an occupying Western force, like like for Al Qaeda, right? They were like sections of Al Qaeda were mad that there was you know that there were U.S. forces in in Saudi Arabia and that there were, there was mm-hmm. a Western presence right on 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 land right but for this ultranationalist guy like the only reason there's any westerners there are because he keeps <laughs> sending nukes to other places like he's like like he's he's he started this is literally like an international also also like if this if this goes if this is like a public address like to the public he's like i'm gonna like nuke the world if, if these sas teams don't leave that's like an international crisis uh-huh. like other countries are going to be a little bit you know nervous about uh, a nuclear launch but they don't, the game doesn't really acknowledge that. They're like, nah, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. So this is sort of the end of the game where you go in to stop them, right? Uh, you, you know, you parachute in the area. There's, there's some shenanigans. You have to do some, you know, pretty arbitrary stuff. And then uh, you near, you just as you're, like, breaching the facility, you see, like, two ICBMs just, like, launch right in front of you, like, in the air. And like, you know, so shit's, so shit's getting, you're like, oh shit. Right. And the, and the, you know, the, the briefing, it cuts these kind of cuts into the next mission and the briefing for the next mission is like, yeah, there's like a casualty estimate of like 40 million because they're aimed at, um, these are, these are ICBMs and they're aimed at the U S East coast. So, you know, you've got like, you know, the warheads are going to split off. Right. And they're going to hit different cities. So, you know, there's one that's going to hit New York and one that's going to hit DC, one that's going to hit Hartford, Connecticut, which is kind of rude. <laughs> 
you know, what did Hartford do? What did Hartford, like, like, it's like, it's like Hartford, Connecticut and Richmond, Virginia. every other is like a major city on the East coast. And then it's just Hartford and Richmond. And you're like, oh, that's not fair. But anyway, isn't there, a, isn't there a, isn't there an, am I, am I making this up or isn't there like a nuclear submarine base there? Is there? If there is, if there is, is that there? makes a lot more sense. There, there definitely wasn't one in Richmond. I live there and I didn't see any nukes, but if there is one in Hartford, that would, that would make a lot more sense. <laughs> so you're you're running into this facility, right? And and commands like we're getting the abort codes from the Russians. The Russians are holding off because they don't want to give us the abort codes because we're a special forces team operating in their country. You know, you know. So we're not just going to give you nuclear abort codes. But you know, th- and there's a question of sovereignty there, right? Like, should shouldn't Russia mm-hmm. be able to abort the the nuclear you know the nuclear missiles? Because most, for those that don't know, most nuclear missiles you can blow them up in air. Right. So you can get 95 percent of the way towards nuclear war. And then, you know, ideally, if your system's working right, you can blow up your own missiles without detonating the nuclear warheads and sort of, you know, stop the war before it starts. Um, if I may, real quick, I have mm-hmm. to issue a second correction. Hartford is very landlocked. I was I was thinking about that. I was like, even me as an American, oh, I'm, I was I'm surprised by that. Yeah, yeah. no, New, ha- New Haven's. Yeah, I yeah. I'm not. I'm not super familiar with the East Coast, like specific. That's okay, so, Michael. Yeah. Like, like most of America, they just really hate Connecticut. <laughs> is is what it is. Okay. You know, that's that's what they send. They send two two nukes to New Jersey for the same reason. New no, Haven. No. New Haven is the town that I think I was mistaking it for. That oh, one okay. is on the on the. Coast. I mean, I mean, if you're yeah. if you're anywhere in Connecticut and a nuke goes off in Connecticut, that's not like you know, it's not awesome. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so you you guys, you know, you shoot your way through this facility, you know, past past like the missiles themselves. It's an underground facility, so you're shooting past the missiles themselves. So it's sort of like Hunt for Red October, if you've seen that movie. Like they're you're, they're, you're like taking cover behind like the big mm-hmm. nuclear missile. They don't really mention it, but like it's nearing the East Coast, so the U.S. like should have been activating whatever missile defenses that it actually has, you know, like whatever sort of countermeasures that exist for an actual nuclear war. But they don't they don't mention that. I guess they trust that the SAS will do it. So, um, yeah, so you input the abort codes. Unfortunately, the guy has the keyboards in English, so you can do that. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and, the, and, and you say, you save the day, the missiles, the missiles detonate harmlessly above the sea and they, and they all fall in. And that's, and that's great for humanity. Um, it's not great for you though, because you're still in the facility and there's a bunch of ultranationalists heading to the facility. So you gotta, you gotta, you gotta make your escape here. You gotta run. So, you know, you shoot your way out to the vehicle depot and you, you guys, you have this dramatic car chase. You're like in the trucks and there's guys behind you. And then, unlike the rest of the game, this is the only time where there's a ton of civilians. Like you, you guys, your car chase is like happening on like, for some reason, there's a highway in the middle of the Altai Mountains that just have a ton of traffic. I don't know what traffic congestion is like in, in central Russia, but, but like there's cars everywhere. Like the bad guys are like shooting every car in the way. There's like a NMI-24, a Hind gunship, and it's like blowing, and it's blowing everything up uh near you and it's it's pretty crazy um it's also funny to think that all the civilians like on the on the highway like looked right 15 minutes earlier and saw two like nuclear missiles go up into the air but that's a different different story um yeah so you're 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 driving you're driving you're making your escape you drive you know you drive onto this bridge and the enemy blows the bridge right so you all your cars crash you know you're um uh you're all stuck between like the collapsing part of this bridge and the advancing ultranationalists that are on the other side this is like this is portrayed as like a really desperate situation. Like you're you're cornered before, but usually it's like, oh, you're cornered, but we'll get out of this. I remember this mission. Yeah, but basically, like Captain Price calls everyone, and they're all like, "Nope, can't help. Sorry, you know, you blew up the nukes. Too bad." And they're being, you know, they're they're British, so they're like, "Bloody wanker," you know, they're just doing that kind of thing. 
Uh, and then, and then Sergeant Kamarov, the guy that we dangled over the cliff, like yeah, 10 yeah. minutes, you know, 10, 10 missions earlier. He's, he's like, I'm here to save you. And you're like, nice. Good job. <laughs> the, if they're, if they're loyalists in the area, by the way, they, they probably should yeah. have like helped with the nuke situation, but I guess they were busy. Uh, <laughs> maybe they were hungover or something, but yeah. So yeah. So they're, yeah. So you're, you're kind of, you know, then there's sort of like an overturned truck and like an oil truck, like that's on the bridge and that explodes as well. So that knocks all of you over and you're pretty, you're pretty, your character's pretty grievously wounded. So you know, Sergeant Griggs, like he grabs you and he's like pulling you back and he gets shot, right? He gets killed right there in front of you. And you're like, oh shit, this is serious. You know, the the big bad guy, Zakayev, he like lands in the helicopter and like gets out personally and he's got his two bodyguards and he's like walking on the bridge. He's like executing every single SAS guy there. Like Griggs gets killed here. Griggs comes back because he's in, you know, uh, the reboot. So thank God for reboots. But um so they're closing, they're closing in on you and Captain Price here at the end of this bridge. And then the loyalists show up and they, and they distract the bad guys and they, you know, they blow up the helicopter and things like that. And Captain Price in slow motion, he like slides you his gun, you know, and you, and you like pull it up and in slow motion, you like shoot the bad guy and you also have to shoot the guys to his left and right. Otherwise they just turn around and shoot you. <laughs> I didn't realize that the first time. <laughs> so I just got, I just oh, got completely geez. iced, but but yeah, so so the bad guys the bad guys dead, the nuclear threat is is over. There's still a massive civil war, but who cares about that, right? That's not gonna be a major part of the next game. Um and and then the loyalists, you know, they 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 land and and they they come to you to Casavac you. They're like, You're gonna be okay, my friend. One guy like starts doing CPR on Captain Price, and he's doing like a terrible job. He does like two compressions and then he starts like pounding <laughs> on his chest. You know, like a like a drama movie, and like and like I don't know if any of you ever have to do CPR, but don't just pound on like <laughs> do the compressions, yeah. like uh, yeah, like you're you do do all the compressions. You know, you don't have to do the breaths, do the compressions, uh, and then there's an end, ending monologue, right? And and this sort of ties everything up, and it kind of gives me an aneurysm. So it does, it does, you know, it's full circle for me. And essentially, like they're like, oh yeah, this whole thing was covered up as like a missile test by Russia, even though the missiles like definitely mm-hmm. had to go over like Europe. And like all these other countries and like any country with a satellite could see that there was a launch and that it detonated like right over the Eastern sea, like, like, you know, a couple, like a couple hundred miles from the East coast, you know, the cars near the launch site would have seen the launch these days, even in 2011, there would have been, you know, footage, you know, probably someone yeah. would have recorded on their phones. And then Zakaya probably, you know, that big scary monologue, I guess he gave it to himself or like he didn't put it out on the right channels or something, or maybe he doesn't have that many followers on YouTube or something. Or it would be jammed. Yeah, yeah, probably being Jim. That would that would be cool if they like you know actually did that instead yeah. of just you know forgetting. Um, but yeah, so I, and then the game forgets there's a civil war because like the Russian government has said that nothing's wrong, and the ultranationalist party within the Russian government has a leadership struggle. And you're like, wait, is this a civil war with like you know like battalion sized units going at it? Like, what's going on here? Um, but the ultranationalist thing is kind of relevant for the next couple games. Um, and then they end with like, they end it full circle. They're like, they're like, oh, by the way, the ship that was in the Bering Strait, like we called off the search for it. Cause like, you know, it's missing and sometimes ships go missing in a storm. And then like, that's the end, right? They're like, it, it ended as it began with the, with the cargo ship search being called off, which by the way, you should probably search for cargo ships longer <laughs> than like a week. Um, <laughs> um, especially if there's like radiation mm. just leaking into the, you know, that's how you get Godzilla. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so so yeah, that's the that's the plot of Call of Duty Four. I mean, this is the least ridiculous Call of Duty game yeah. until 2019, and they had a yearly yeah. release. Um, so I mean, you know, we'll get to that one eventually in stupid and sound special ways. But yeah, what'd you guys what'd you guys think? 100 uh, percent realistic. 
best From best story you've ever heard. Your exact it's, experience. It's in interesting. It's interesting like that. <laughs> um, when you play it, obviously you don't think about these things. You know, I was in high school when it came out, but uh, I think I think Activision or Infinity Ward should hire us to advise them. Hmm. On implications <laughs> and and what works and what's realistic and what not, but maybe what's realistic is not not interesting. But then you look at the Ukraine war. Obviously, there's a lot of human suffering in that, and but the advance of modern weapons and and how that's being used and how modern technologies, even commercial technologies, are impacting warfare is it's really interesting. And um, yeah, I think. They could have made a more realistic game, um, but I don't know if it would attract such a wide audience. Maybe we are just snobs, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I, de- I definitely am, but, you know, I mean, yeah. I enjoyed playing the game. Like, even even 15 years later, it handles pretty well. Um, you know, there's mm. a lot of 15-year-old mm. games that don't, <laughs> for sure. But if you think this one's crazy, oh, Wait. boy. Just wait until just wait until two and three where you have uh you know you got red dawn type stuff going on and you got like you know you got you got like Russians in New York Harbor and yeah it's gonna be fun. It, it is interesting too, like I think just to play off what you said, Ahmed, like the idea that like if it's not if it's realistic, like it might not be as attractive to people, but like it makes me wonder how if how much of like a negative it is that video games like this portray like that sort of you know the the whole idea of of warfare and covert operations and so 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 on and so forth how is it a good thing and i guess it's more Mm. of a philosophical question Mm. but it's like it's like in a way it's like it 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 glamorizes something that isn't necessarily and like i like i said this isn't coming from like i've been in like you know intense kind of like combat perspective but more or less like just you know being in intelligence studies and Mm -hmm. like and having and having you know uh spent quite a bit of time just in like an active duty like role within Mm -hmm. the infantry it's like there you know i i get it's not like glamorous but there's like there there is a i don't know it, it it seems like i think what i'm trying to say is like it seems like there's a lot of things within call of duty and that that have kind of contributed to same with movies and same with you know media where they kind of contribute to like this public narrative about about these things that is really like hollywood-esque when in reality it's not and and is that you know how much of that is is good how much of that is bad i don't know but it's something i think about you know like why do we need to why does it need to be like this like why do we why do we need to go through all this like why do we need to go through all these like insane plots uh, you know for a game that's that's quote unquote you know modern i don't know modern modern warfare i guess yeah and i mean it's also it's also like you know the it it also like weirdly like backwards justifies things like iraq right because it's like it's like oh the Mm -hmm. bad guys are actually bad and they well i mean you know Saddam Hussein was a bad guy but like they do actually have nukes and they are actually all like aligned all these malign forces are aligned to get uncle sam because because we're just Mm -hmm. like we're like awesome and we have like you know we have Denny's and they don't, right? Like, like they they hate us for our freedom. That 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 I yeah. They hate that us. I they never hate us for our but, but yeah. So it's it's not only a psyop, but it's part of the military industrial complex. Infinity Ward is actually a cog in the machine. 
They're <laughs> well, I mean, the it's all in the name, Call of Duty. Yeah. 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 If there's yeah. no better like slogan to to recruit. Yeah, I mean, I mean, for their for the military's video games, like for America's Army, they hired the guys who made like Tom Clancy games mm-hmm. to like develop, you know, to develop video games for them, right? So it's 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 kind of you know it's arm in arm, and it's you know it's sort of one of those things. And I mean, there there's a whole there's a whole video I saw on like what does Call of Duty believe, and you know it's it's essential ethos is like you can't judge guys on the ground for like doing what they got to do to save this country because there are bad mm-hmm. guys and there are good guys, and you shouldn't question the good guys. Yeah. And you're like, uh, you know, yeah, question it's... everything. Yeah. 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 There's a thing called oversight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, thank but... you so much, uh, Marcel, because it was really interesting and uh, excellent synopsis. Yeah. This is, this is the least crazy I guess. I mean, I, I'm, I'm looking forward. Um, and Michael, thank you for your insight. It was re- really good. And um, I think uh, it flowed all really well. And I think everybody, that uh that tuned in to listen and if you made it all the way here you know thank you and uh <laughs> uh appreciate it to be to be on this little journey with us and and hopefully we can take it a little bit further with a couple of more episodes if you're interested in in any uh work that Marcel is doing Marcel where can they find you uh they can find me on twitter uh at plicta underscore marcel i'm sure that'll be in the show notes because it's impossible yeah to spell. yeah it will be um and then i also have i also have some articles on gray dynamics i got a, a good one on how to breathe there you go uh, there you go that's more that's less call of duty that's more like professional yeah. that's where you get if you if they want to do the missions properly um <laughs> michael uh what about you yeah you can find my work at gray dynamics uh regular regular contributor there i actually just made a twitter uh like All a right. personal twitter so it's m m underscore oh, really? elmer uh i have like two followers <laughs> well we'll stop we'll stop following <laughs> yeah. you you do that well, you're about yeah. you're about to yeah yeah making making moves into the into the uh to the future here so All right we will add that guys if you're listening uh to this then follow michael will you um he has a lot to say and uh <laughs> please do and uh probably the most not probably i'm i'm this is factual most prolific writer that we at great dynamics have i think most oh. most articles ever written by anybody so uh, there you go um but thank you guys both marcel thank you because i know you've been preparing this for a while and yeah i had to play video games <laughs> it was really bad it's a hard time. Yeah, I'm so sorry for you there. But yeah, thank you guys. And and um, and I hope to see you guys in the next episode. Might be the same people. Might be a different setup. Might be different people. You know, we keep that, you know, we keep that uh, a little bit uh, a mystery. <laughs> and follow us on, uh, on all social media at Great Dynamics. We're very active on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, also on LinkedIn. Great Dynamics LTD on Facebook. If you're, if you're a little bit older, <laughs> we're not on we're not on TikTok and uh, and Snap, but but and the main one obviously is GreatDynamics.com. It's where you can find us, publish daily, and follow our newsletter where you can get insights. You can find out what the podcast is going to be about and what type of work we we are doing and what we're doing offline. And uh, if you have any questions, please you know, email us. Uh, get in touch with us via social media 
and see you next time. Thank, Thank you. you guys.